And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to April and an April Fool's Day to everyone is now gone. So you can't say that crap because we are here to talk serious stuff about fights. We had a bunch of fights. We had Bellator. We had the PFL. We had Game Bread Boxing. We got so much to talk about in so little time. What are we going to do? Let's go. Man, John, it's been a long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, well, let's give you a little throwback history of what happened, John. Like, well, let's go. Trickled down of our, out of our hotel rooms a little bit late, <laughs> which I never am. And then drove all the way to Orange County to jump. No, one up of us before. drove. One of us slept. One of us slept. I needed okay. to sleep, man. Let's I needed to sleep. <laughs> man, you know what's funny is when I work the desk, right? I feel like there's no stress, but when I have to do the stand-up, uh, oh, you're stressed this, out. You I get so up. stressed out. I know, and I people, tell you, I dude, you just be you. You're good. Just I know, you. but I, I want people to do this. I want people to have somebody on the on the other side of the house ask them a question, and you stand in front of the wall just like this and talk to it. <laughs> See if you can put your sentences talk, together and talk, make sense. But talk to the lens like it's a human being. It's you're just it's looking weird. at a lens even though you know there's somebody on the other side and a lot of people are on the other side, but it just <laughs> it's hard to formulate a conversation when there's no facial expression being thrown back at you. Yeah, you like to talk to people that are listening. Uh, I don't like to talk to myself. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> I mean, half the time we know when we're on this podcast, I know I'm just talking to myself because John Hello. don't listen to me. You know, podcast Dave doesn't speak I? English. He doesn't even speak <laughs> English, so he doesn't get it. All right. Well, hey, we had it was uh okay, I'm gonna be a little uh forthcoming nope. is that okay. I was concerned. We know when this Bellator fight got this card got put together, and as I'm trickling down, and we did the breakdown last week, I'm like, man, I'm a little nervous. We may get a lot of rounds out of this, you know, and um, there might be some fights that maybe you know kind of drag a little bit, this and that. Man, this card was really good. Yeah, the prelims, for a couple fights. yeah, a couple were just yeah, you know, but the prelims, whew, prelims they were good. great. The main card was great. I mean, I think what? How many prelims did we have? We had like ten pre, uh, nine prelims or something, nine or ten prelims. 10. Yeah, and then seven of them were finishes, I believe. Yeah. Uh, great. And then the one fight that we thought was going to be, you know, a finish ended up going the distance. You know, it was like <laughs> it's always that way. Just weird, right? Just I mean, just but it was. You think you know? But it was, it was, oh, and it had some knockouts. It had some submissions. It had, it had some great. It had it had O's that had to go. I mean, people that had. Uh-huh. Had, you know, uh, undefeated Wreckers ended up losing. You're just like thinking to yourself, man, what is going on tonight? It was one of those nights. It was a sneaky good night where the, sure, there's some names on the card, but I didn't expect the card to be this damn good. It, it, they fucking fought their asses off. They deserve a lot of credit. Everybody on that fight card deserves a lot of credit because they fucking brought it. Like yep. that Nalo and Piccolotti fight, the oh, second my. round was a little slow, but that first round and third round was fantastic. Great fight. Fantastic. I mean, there was a bunch of the Archie Colgan Montalvo fight. Uh, in the, hey, I, a lot of people are going to sit there and talk to you. I love Justin Montalvo. He's I, a gamer, dude. I have him the, back every single time. When guys that, fight like that. Exactly. You know, and the one that happened really fast that I thought was going to be, a, a, I thought it was going to go the distance. Mike Hamill against uh, Nick Brown. Dude. Damn. You know, every time Mike Hamill fights, yep. he is a guy that brings it. And you know what? That's the kind of people you want. You want people to go after it. 
Yeah. And that's what Justin Montalvo is. That's what, you know, Mike Hamill is. Love those guys. Yeah, I just, um, John, when he started looking at the, you know, I started looking at this card, I was just getting a little worried. I'm like, man, I can see this fight going the distance. I can see this yep. fight going the distance. And I, but I, I, people underestimate how how important it is to have someone like a Burt Watson in the back who gets that motivation going. And I, you never you never really think about it. And the people at home, you guys probably don't even no know. Idea. And, and no. yeah, they have no idea. The speech, you know, it's, it's just kind of been the same speech for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, whatever, you know. But he's made a little, couple little tweaks here and there. But I remember him, uh, you know, he, he didn't do it when I was fighting there the first run at the UFC. But when I went back for the uh, John Fitch and, and Koscik fights and Swick fights, he was giving that speech. And, uh, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, it seems a little kind of corny at the time. But then as I started, as I was, when I went back for the UFC in 20, what, 2012, 2013, he gave the speech. And I'm like, when you're f- trying to get your mind right for fighting, yeah. it, it does get you going. Bit. No, it yeah. does. Not a little bit. It got me yeah. going, you know, and then um, it was good. And then Dana would pull the main event fighters or, you know, the main card fighters into a room and be like, hey, you guys, this is your chance. That gets you going a little bit. Yeah, every little bit. Sure. Kind of moves you toward like, finish this fight, fuck this guy up, da, 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 you know. It's that every little bit gets you going, and and this was one of those cards that I was uh, I was very very happy to see these fighters come out there really late on the line because we've had fights in the fighters in the past. It's like oh you know like they fight they try to fight super conservative like they think they're protecting something. No no no. If you're not gonna fucking fight your ass off. You know, like if you're not going to lay it all out there on the line and, and to see, I gave a, I gave a harsh, harsh speech to Adam Piccolotti in the back after, after he won, I said, you almost gave this fucking fight away again, just like you did with Benson Henderson. And I love, I loved you, the way you fought. Like, cause you brought it up on air. Yeah. You said, Adam, you know, you said, you know, Adam was dominating fucking Adam, uh, Benson Henderson in the first round. Yeah. Then in the second round, he just put it on cruise control and then was trying to fight completely come back different fighter. Third. Same exact shit happened in this fight. Second round. Same exact shit. Second round, just yeah. gave it away. Yeah. Just gave it away. He, he, uh. let, he let Mando Nalo start to take over, mm-hmm. control the range, and you go, did Did you not feel pretty good about what happened in that first round? Were yeah. you not the guy that was actually the one in control of where the f- engagements happened yeah. and all these things? And you look and go, hey, I don't know, you know, whatever. But he came out in the four- third round. Mm-hmm. Got to give him credit. The, the difference... Uh, Look, let, let's uh, let's get we'll, let's just start off the main event. Let's work yeah, our let's way down. We, we've, we've skipped it all down. We've skipped it all down. Let's go right. Dale James versus Marcelo Gome. What what a fight, man! I was I was nervous, John, about this fight potentially being like two heavy guys. Dale James being two eighty five, you know, probably two eighty two eighty five by the time he got in the cage. Marcelo Gome being the heaviest he'd ever been. Yeah. I was like, oh man, these two could end up just hanging on each other against the fence. Dun, dun, dun. And they nope. did for a little bit. But then well, they, they had some exchanges. Did for tactically, a little bit. Tactically, yes. Yes. But I give Marcelo Gome a lot of credit for smart fight plan. Mm-hmm. Don't sit there and engage with the monster, you know, at range. Try to make him tired. Try to wear him down and then break him down. And that's what he was doing. And, and his, his calf kicks that he was throwing, oh. they were hard. I mean, if you were there, you go, oh, damn, that hurt. Oh, yeah. And they were effective. You could see they were starting to have an effect on James and stuff. I thought that, you know, yeah, he got knocked out and it can happen to anyone, especially when you got a guy that can, he's got, you know, cinder blocks in his damn gloves and mm-hmm. Daniel James can hit. He's got power. 
but that's a lot of heavyweights. But Marcelo Cohn was really fighting a smart fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really look and go, man, you just, hey, it was the right plan to beat the guy that you were facing. And so he was actually in the midst of getting there. It was, I think, Daniel James. Well, this is my last shot. And I listened to Alex Trujillo, his corner in between the rounds, because I'm like, dude, he's got to throw his hands. If he doesn't throw his hands, yeah. he's going to eat more leg kicks and it's just going to all. And he bit down, said, I'm going forward. His leg was killing him, didn't matter, and threw his hands and connected. Happens. But that's what you yeah. want. That's what heavyweights are about. He was losing, and he took that thing right out of the gutter and said, nope, I'm going to be a winner, and yeah. got the win. Yeah, Daniel James talked about his game plan when we had the fighter meetings. He said, uh, he's like, I'm going to press him to the clinch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to knock him out, land my uppercuts, land my knees, all those things. He said, but when... Once we get close enough, I'm going to hang on him. I'm going to clinch on him. I'm going to make him carry, carry my, my body weight. And it was, having a, it was having an effect. Now, you and I were concerned about Marcelo Gomes because this is the heaviest he's ever come in. Yeah. Dude, he, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, no, there was I definitely no problem good. with it. And I thought that the fact that he was training, you know, his training partner throughout this camp was Sergey Pavlov. Oh. And you look and you go, perfect person. Yeah. A, you know, big striker, strong dude, heavy, you know. Perfect guy to match up yeah. if you're going to have someone kind of emulate Daniel James, man. You know, has faster hands, mm-hmm. you know, big power. Yes. So, Sergey's a beast, man. Oh, I man. forgot he trained at AKA for years. For a while. <laughs> for a while. Oh. And I was like, I got to swear, like, I've seen, like, I feel like I've seen that person before. He was skinnier. <laughs> you have. Yeah, his was, his face just, was a lot skinnier. Yeah. When he was at AKA. Yeah, he's he's definitely, he's grown. And, man, that, no. that, dude, that dude's going to be a problem for people. Yeah, he's a big yeah, guy. He's, he's a big guy, man. But um, overall, it was a fun fight. Good, great job by Daniel James. Like coming back again, and he—he's a smart guy as far as he knows his age. He knows where he's at. Mm-hmm. He knows, hey, this is my shot. I—I I need to fast track. I need to go. I want to fight. And I think they're going to put him on that Chicago card that's coming up, which is stacked already. And yeah. You put that dude in the seats, you know it's going to sell. Yeah, I think we've. Uh... John, I think there's been something, I don't know, something's in, something's in the water, something's in something's the air, in whatever the air. you want to say. But, you know, the crowd was sold out at the at uh, Pachanga, and, but it's a small arena. And I'm yeah, not going to sit here and say, oh, God, it was so big. Da, 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 you know, but it's not. It wasn't. You know, I think it seats no. about 3,500 people. So, yeah. But it was, it was sold out a couple weeks back. I mean, almost three weeks ago or something like that. But a lot of those so, are going because casino takes a lot of That's fine. And they hand them out it. to their... They, yeah, for their, their big high rollers, yeah. But they pay us for it. Oh, yeah. I get that. Oh, yeah. But I've also seen, we've also seen a lot of traction. You know, San Jose had a really good number uh, in terms of selling. I think they sold about uh, 10, 11,000. 10, 10 yeah, it's about 10,000, I think, a little over 10. And you got to remember, though, is that even though the arena seats about 19,000, the way Bellator does because of the cage, or not because of the cage, because of the walkout. That big ramp, you lose about 2,500 to 3,000 seats because the screens cover the whole backside of, or one side of the arena. Yep. And so, but um, I know that there's the, the arena over in Chicago, which is where Daniel James is from. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's probably my favorite arena outside of Beautiful. the SAP arena. Yeah. It's probably my favorite arena because there's not a bad seat in the house. And it's, if you live in the Chicago area, you can make this fight. It's the Wind Trust, correct? Is, it, yep. is that what it's called? It's where uh, DePaul plays, the basketball, the yep. college basketball team. Fantastic. But damn, that arena is fantastic. Not a bad place in the house. It looks amazing on TV. Just love it there. And um, 
This kid, this, I say kid, he's 41 years yeah, old. But he can sell, man. He can sell tickets. And so he wasn't supposed to, he wasn't announced to be on this card, but he for sure said he wants to be on the card if he comes out unscathed. So we'll see how well, he feels. A little unscathed with that leg, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be hobbling for some days. Yeah, he's got to get some massages on it, though. But he's got some time. So he's got May, he's got April, May, and then he can get ready into June. He can jump right into a camp. But he's, uh, I, I think it's this fun. will be the first. I'd like to see if Bellator, because I know that they're, Look, they have tickets for that card have been on sale now for about two weeks. And John, they're pretty much almost sold out already, and that's about nine thousand. They're I think they're about nine thousand. So if they can open up that back and get rid of the walkout stage and have them walk from the locker rooms or the hall, uh, you can sell you can sell the whole arena out without having to have the stage up there. Yeah. I'd like to see us do it because I like the walkout like the way it is, but I also think in moments like this you, you got to set yourself apart a little bit and be like, Hey, you know, you're, you're, we're hindering our own growth now. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, you go back in time and the UFC had a ramp. Yeah. Yep. Vendetta. And, I was and, there. Tito yeah, Ortiz and, uh, well, Vendetta yeah. even before that, but Vendetta yeah. was, was 40 and you know, the ramps with the g- giant pyro things going off and it was mm-hmm. production wise. It looks great. Mm-hmm. And the real reason, you know, that they got rid of it was not due to seats. It was due to it cost a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> it expensive. Really, it cost a lot, and they said, "No, we're just going to do walk," and that's what they stuck with, and it, yeah. it's fine. You know, I would rather see. I love the, I like the production value of like you know when Pride had theirs or now mm-hmm. Rising. It's it's a cool walkout, and you can and guys can do a lot of cool things with it. But it's, John, a, it's all about I, the fight. I love the Pride one more because they do a lot more with it not to knock you know what anybody else does with the big screens but pride does the rainfall i remember sometimes they've done the snow that falls no, not behind do you remember when they would, they would put guys on these lifts they went way up into the arena and they would lower them down as this it was just yeah. like it was dramatic it was cool yep yeah. and there was just there's a lot like i said there's a lot that comes in that goes into all that stuff but it does it does cost a lot and of money a lot of money goes into it it costs a lot of money <laughs> yep and um and, and i've got this thing where I feel like the main events, whether you have the walkout stage or not, I should always have the camera facing that locker room door as the as the main event or co-main event and main event fighters walk out or that yeah. that door opens because I did a video which that's I'm gonna, the moment. I, yeah, I've done a video and I gotta send it. I gotta have uh, uh, Brian Vega, the guy who does our who did the stuff for San Jose. Him and Amanda or Amanda and I did a video talking about that lonely walk. Because you were down cage side, actually calling the fights. We had time to do this. <laughs> was the walk from the locker room and just seeing it. We had Moldovsky and we had the video footage of Moldovsky. I think Dave should have the footage of that. And it's like we talk about just the how lonely it is. And I talked about from the locker room as you walk down the hall, you feel warm, you feel good, you're still got to sweat. But when you break through the doors of those double doors that go all down, down the back concrete way, yeah. how all of a sudden it gets cold. And you, and if you look behind you, your corners drifted back about six, seven feet. So they're no longer like right behind you when you came out of the locker room. And now it's just you. And it's big. You realize how lonely it is right at that moment. And you get down in the loading area and you're bouncing around this and that and your corner. And man, I was like, well, where's your corners? And I'm like, now they're, they're over there to the front too. Yeah. They're yeah. over there on the side, just leaning against the wall, staying out of your way. You know, most of the time they're not saying anything. They're just yeah. looking, looking at you, or they're looking down at the ground, and you know their thoughts are probably like, "Fuck, I hope he wins this fight." That's you know, <laughs> that's their thoughts. It's yeah. it's a weird feeling, man. Like, and you're, 
You know, I know. I remember DC would be in the back, and he'd be like, "Let's go, DC! Come on, fuck him oh, up! Yeah. You gonna fuck him up?" Like he just amping himself. You're the best, DC. He just talks to himself, gets himself going, amps himself up. And then I've had other fighters that fucking like Paul Bonatello throwing up oh, in the throw fucking up. trash can. <laughs> didn't matter. Always, didn't matter him. what. He's just right before yeah. you walk out. But he <sighs> needed to. He needed. To. He needed to throw yeah. up. If he didn't yeah. throw up, it was bad. Almost every fight. Yep. Almost. I wouldn't say almost. Actually, every fight. Yeah. When he didn't throw up, or he didn't. The more he threw up, better he did. The better he fought. Uh, it was such a weird. It was such a weird crazy thing. Crazy some bitch. And then you told the story about Donald Cerrone. Oh my god. Like he's in the back hitting mitts. Like fuck. Why am I doing this? Why? Oh, why? Man. man, you said this was the last time. Okay, this is the last time. Yeah. And then he wins, and he's <laughs> he wins, and he's Give he's in the fucking next, cage next week. I know. He's like fucking. I'm just waiting to fight again. Send me a contract. I get the back. You were ready to give it all up. I know. You're retiring back there. Yeah. I swear to God. Yeah. Everyone's you could have run away, you would have. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's different. And it changed. Great. I think it changes too as your as your life goes on. Cause like in the beginning of my career, I loved it. I was like, ah, you know, and even all the way through towards uh, my second stint, I think, at the UFC. I loved it. I was like in the back, like, God fuck, I'm gonna get paid in like fifteen or twenty five minutes. I love this. This is fucking amazing. And then, you know, after like those last probably two or three fights in my career, it just there was more anxiety as I started to walk out. I was like, I don't I like think, this feeling. But see, and you, you're not alone because you talk to how many guys, even Fedor, mm-hmm. you recall. Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. I feel a lot more anxiety now mm-hmm. than ever before. And it's because you know mm-hmm. it's getting close. I'm not quite the same. And the fights are more difficult for me now. And yep. It's just. Agree. We'll, we'll talk about some of those fights coming up. Well, I mean, let's <laughs> let's go down to Kat Zingano and Liam McCourt. There you go, Kat right Z- there. Same exact thing, John. Yes. Right there. Yep. You know, if I look at what Kat had done earlier in her career over Raquel Pennington, over Misha Tate, over Amanda Nunez, Nunez, like yep. all of those things. When I look at that, and you look at Liam McCourt, <clears throat> Liam McCourt shouldn't have been a hard, a difficult fight for her. Just the way her style is, and the the wrestling, the. I mean, she got Liam uh, Kazagana got tossed. Oh to my back god! Twice, twice, two big ones. More that than I saw from where, well, that's just from where I saw. Yeah. I remember I'm I'm like kind of one of the judges in the back corner over there. <laughs> my view's not always the best from where I'm sitting. True. So, um, yeah, but I saw the I saw the two, especially I think the one in the third round where she able to hip toss her, get over, and get to the top position. I was like, holy shit! Did she really throw cat like that? And she oh did. Oh my god, she did. She multiple did. times. Yeah. Uh, over. I thought it was a good fight. Did oh no, it was this. a great fight. I Who, man, I'll tell you what. Cat fought her ass off and had to to get you know a win against. Leah doesn't get the credit she deserves. No, she doesn't. She's. I'm gonna give credit. Her camp in Liverpool, where with Molly McCann and all that, she has become a much better fighter. Way better. And, and then you know what? The one thing that you cannot. You don't. You can't measure it. First off, she's physically strong. She doesn't look it. She is, mm-hmm. and she, when she grabs people, they they realize, oh my god, you know, she's just not this person that I thought I could just ragdoll around. Mm-hmm. And you know what? No matter what, dude, she's a gangster. Mm-hmm. She's tough. She comes to fight. You know, and afterwards, we've I, you know I've seen her after fights and talked to her after fights, and she'll break down. You know, as far as you know. Maybe the fight didn't go the way she wanted it to, even when she won, mm-hmm. you know, and she'll talk about all these things. I say, hey, you know, and I'll tell her, pat yourself on the back, man. That was that fight right there. You know, she, you really look and the, this is one of those ones where 
Cat won the, the decision. Okay, I'm okay with it. Lee could have won. Leo could have won that decision. She had mm -hmm. two marks, you know, against her because her face, it was almost like the Dan Henderson Bisping second fight. Mm -hmm. Bisping's face was a mess. Dan didn't have really a mark on him. And it was two rounds that did all that damage on Bisping and the rest of them, he didn't take anything. It was two shots. She got hit with an elbow that puffed her eye out and she got hit with a knee that cut her good. And, you know, it made her look like a mess. But really, Kat didn't do a lot of damage to her. Mm -mm. You know, other than those two shots, she did great damage. But, I mean, it was just a great fight in both of them. The grappling sequences in there were great. And when Kat turned, even at the end, it might have been what won her the fight that got her that round. When she turned at the end in that body triangle oh. and was able to, you know, end up every time. Every time, Josh, I ended know. up in the top position. Yep. You know, you look and you go, way to go, because that that effort, that desire to not stay with where you're at, that I've got to get, you know, through this. I think that's what won her the fight. All right, so we did have a little bit of a glitch there. If you notice, I'm wearing a different shirt. I took the sweatshirt off, couldn't take it anymore. Because my man Josh, who lives in communist California with shitty internet, <laughs> couldn't get his shit to where he kept on popping off. So now we're back. We were talking about the Katzengano Lee McCourt fight. And you were talking about you were talking with Chris Martello, who we call the hammer because yep. in Italian, Martello means hammer. Well I see look I, at that. Kind I of think we, I think we call him Martello. We call him the hammer because you know John, just one thing. I know that you just brought us back in, but just quickly tell me. You can see my screen right now. Yeah. You've got that on there. I know I've got doesn't. the screen now. Right, we're great, great. we're sitting there. Yeah, all kinds. We of can see him. Yeah. All right, so look, I was talking about Chris Martello, and I was telling him because he was like the guy. He he's the person that works side by side with me when I'm doing uh, sometimes at the desk, and um, and if I'm not at the desk, sometimes he'll be and a working great with guy. me. I, he's I was absolutely great fantastic. Guy. Fantastic. Him and Jamie. Oh, yep. And so he, um, so he is, he's with me when I was doing all the stand-up stuff for this last show. And he kind of helps me with a lot. He helps me with a lot, a lot of stuff. And um, he tells me when I fuck up. He tells me when he tells oh, me so when he's, So he's always talking he's to me. He's always talking to me. He's telling me to slow down. He's telling me, okay, that was good. He's telling me like, oh, you, didn't gotta, you didn't have to say that, you know. But um, he's, you know, but he's fantastic. But I was explaining to him, I go, Leah has this tendency of always being on top, which is a great tendency. Like, hey, I get the fight to the ground. I'm on Hello. top. But then she, her tendency is to lose the top position over something dumb. Like, yeah. it's like she could have mount and then just get like bridged over like as if it was no big deal. She'll have the back and she'll get too high and just like literally fall off on her own. Almost Chael Sonnen Fedor type. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's like, what are you doing? I, I don't I don't uh. understand. So... Uh, she just has those lapses, and I think that's really what co costs her this fight. Now, I do want to pick a little bit on with the with the judges. Thirty twenty seven for Cat. Oh, ridiculous! I was like, ridiculous. Where, where the freak did you get that? Yeah, that was. Uh, it no was way. so off the wall. And and look, and I said like, I know, I know the terms robbery are used way too much in the sport. So, uh, look, no like robbery. you said, no, no, it definitely wasn't a robbery. But we've said this before. I had it for Leah over Cat, and I'm a huge Cat fan, and Cat knows this. I'm a huge Cat Zagano yeah. fan, but it was slight. And, and like when I said, like it wasn't a robbery, and whoever it went to, it is what it is. And you can look at the big damage. Yep, was That's, done by Cat ex exactly. But that was so, from just two strikes in the whole of, in the exactly. whole fight, Absolutely. just from two strikes. 
But boy, those two strikes were nice. Yes, they were. Boy, they, they did some. They did some work. Yep. And but when I look Man. at when I when I'm looking at the 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 thirty twenty seven was just ridiculous. I had it twenty nine twenty eight the other way, but I don't care. Like it's it's like it is what it is. When the fights are that close, like we've talked about, judges have a better position from here. Like from my position, right, John, I was behind six rows of of chairs, or sorry, more than that, probably about twelve rows of chairs, and yeah. then I was tucked tucked away into the right side. So I was watching from a pretty far distance. I could see I had the monitor next to me, but I was going back and forth, and so I didn't have a clear shot. So when the when the when the decision came out, I had cat I had Leah thirty uh, twenty nine twenty eight. So I was like, oh thirty twenty seven. I go, ah, I don't, I wouldn't. Who I was like, Leah didn't win thirty twenty seven. And then the and then no, when it came out for cat, when it came out for cat, I was like, whoa, well, I must have missed a lot of this. And then when I asked you, you you said you leaned a little bit more towards Leah. Also, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. And, so, and, but it, but it was that I'm looking at it going, but she did land. Those two shots, especially that knee at the end, was beautifully placed, oh, yeah. well-timed, everything about it. And I can understand where a judge is looking and saying, well, every time that Lee, Leah has got a good position, she's losing it. So that means the cat's winning these these grappling exchanges. Yeah. And I can understand them saying that. Yeah. You know, but I thought I thought Leah was better than what Cat expected. Yeah. Oh, I, I, and that's not saying the cat walked into it not thinking that, or that she was just going to walk through someone. But I think she was just a little bit, little bit stronger, a little bit better in areas, a little bit slicker with her takedowns and what mm-hmm. her foot sweeps. And we talked about her foot sweeps; they're good. Yeah, she really, when she hits it, she hits it well. So, you know, I thought both ladies fought just an incredible match. Yeah, I was very impressed with that last little kind of like hip toss slash like foot. It was like more of a oh, yeah. step across the. It was the, almost a step across sweep. Yeah, it was that out. beautiful. I was the, oh. here's. Here's the thing. I, is, and earlier in the in the night, somebody else had a judo black belt. Uh, I think the girl that Maria fought. No, the very very first fight of the night. Yes. Yeah, you're talking about Maria. Mackenzie Stiller. Jesus, she hit a nice takedown too. Oh, and then who was the other girl that hit this armbar? You're Whoa. talking about Sarah Collins. Yes. So she hit that one. That I was like, that was another. She threw the hit, the head and arm hip toss, got it yep. to the ground, and then got the. I was like, wow. I and here's the thing. Yeah. We talked to what like two. We talked probably about four or five months ago. What is the most underutilized sport in MMA out of all the judo. martial arts? Judo. Judo. But I said I, I've trained with a lot of really good judo guys and yeah. some females, but mainly guys. And if it's the right timing, the right placement, yeah, I've it. seen I've seen Olympic caliber wrestlers get hip tossed right to their that's back because they're not anticipating the use of. The body the same way they're used to yeah. wrestling where it's that push pull and, and turning and getting angles well it's the same in judo but it's different mm-hmm. and they don't see that foot sweep coming at certain times and just being a little bit off but all of a sudden they're getting light and it's like i'm okay no you're not yeah and all of a sudden your feet are coming yeah. up and now your feet are up high and your head's down low and it's not going to feel good as you hit the ground yeah you t- you try shooting like a, a single leg on judo man and they grab a hold of something and they just whether it's your elbow your wrist and plus the yep. lat they grab the lat and like you're just like man they're just throwing you across your head man and you're just like holy <laughs> shit how the fuck did my feet get up that high <laughs> and so <laughs> that's it. um i, I, I thought my head being here i thought yeah. this was a good coming out party for for judo back into the sport i mean realistically we haven't really seen high level judo in this sport since carl parisian yeah 
I, 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 know, I know was the guy who everyone's going to say Ronda Rousey, but Ronda sure. did it. That, a, that's where I was going. Okay, but Ronda, yeah. Ronda used, you got you to say, high-level judo, and then you got to say Kayla Harrison, too. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Yeah, I, I can't not say her. I okay. can't not. Yes. But when I, when I look at the two, when I look at all three of them, right, Carl utilized those takedowns, and he did such just crafty, tricky stuff. And I'm going to also say that he did it at a level of competition that was a little bit higher. And only because females MMA is kind of still behind, John. And it's not just well, that, but especially in the 155-pound weight class where there is no females. There's there's not a lot of female yeah, there's, fighters. There's not a lot. Class. There's not a lot of them. Yeah, like, yeah. There, there's, there's, there's there are a, some. There's a handful of them. Yeah, yeah. But you got to look. Here's the and this is the difference that I see. And I say it all the time about women in MMA. And a lot of it's because there yeah. are judo players. They do tend to grab the head a lot, comparative to the overhook men. and the head. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yep. And and the, when you're looking at someone grabbing the head, most of the time we're going to say, "Don't do that." Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. But they make it work. And so the thing that was impressive about Caro is Caro would not do that. He would never grab the head. He would he would hit a wizard or yep. you do an overhook, sometimes an under, but he did that in in a way that most people you look at it and you just if you understand the technique behind it, it was super impressive. Yeah. John, you got your zoom up? Do I have my zoom up? Yes. Okay, I, I don't. Zoom up. I'm going to give okay. it a try. I'm going to try to add my, go. Uh, my side. Add that Whoa. sucker. Josh is playing that with dangerous a, game. Yeah, 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 this, we, is, this is what led us down the path of yeah, destruction. You know what it is, Earlier right? today. Zoom has this thing. The first thing you look up from Apple uh, MacBook Pros, if you look it up, the first thing it says is Zoom issue. <laughs> So, <laughs> I know. And I was like, man, there's not really anything you can do with it because it's got to be the all the updates are together. So whether my laptop or Zoom, they need to be on the same type of update. It's just all fucked up. So hopefully I don't so if it work hear, for you. If you guys hear an explosion, it's Josh. Yes, it's just <laughs> Josh and his um, incredibly All right. I think we're ready. I'm, I think system. I'm back, buddy. Let's give it all a, right, let's let's give it a go. See. We did all the uh, updates, we, just took only half the day to get us back on track. But guess what? We are here to deliver this podcast for all you of guys you. See, if you guys see John down one more layer in about 20 minutes, that's yep. probably, we probably crashed again. <laughs> yeah, crashed again. <laughs> uh, all right. We had right. John Salter taking on Aaron Jeffrey. This is one of those, I'm not going to talk about this long. There's a couple things to say about it. Aaron Jeffrey came into this fight with a ton of confidence. He truly believed, look. Nobody in the gym can hold me down. And he's going with guys like Gilbert Burns and a lot of, you know, Com you know, Kamara was there at times, Michael Chandler, Logan Storley. He's got a lot of great training partners. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, look, they can't keep me down. There's always that guy, dude. And and we knew, you know, and we talked about it. You know, John Salter's a little bit different when he, if he can take you down, he's like Velcro, man. He's hard to get rid of. And Aaron found out. Just a little bit different. You, you got to face that guy. You got to train with that guy. You got to see what they do to figure out how am I going to stop or at least get away from what they're doing. He wasn't able to do it. It was John Salter's retirement fight. I want to say that I think John Salter has had a, just an incredible career. You're talking about a guy with m most of his wins were by finish. TKO, KO, yeah. mostly submission. And... He had just an incredible run. He was a great sportsman. He was always goddamn very, you know, uh, 
respectful of his opponents. Always. He was a great ambassador to the sport. He he his commercials for salty dog jujitsu are hysterical. And I just want to tell him that whatever you do, brother, best of luck. You were great to watch. I loved the way you competed and going out with that with a win. I'm just glad that you're going out healthy and you're going to move on in life with whatever you're doing. You're going to be a great success at that because of that's just who you are. Yeah, I told him, I said, hey, man, the next chapter of life after you retire from you fighting did. I heard that. is that good. fucking so much better. <laughs> <laughs> like people don't realize how much you give up to be an athlete. And and to be an MMA athlete is, is completely different than these guys that are giving it up for the NFL and for the NBA and for baseball. And I know they I know they sacrifice. I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just simply saying the amount of money at the end of the rainbow is a lot more in those other sports. And not that also, these, go ahead. It's also different in the fact that, you know what, as a fighter, you don't have a season. And, no. and all of a sudden, you, you just had a fight, a promoter can be calling you. Uh-huh. And you've got to then say no. And that's not easy to do, no. even though people think it is. It's no, not. because I do recall there was times when a promoter would call, and I'm going to leave the names out of it, is that um, they would call and say, hey, I need you to fight. I'm like, like if you say no, you're they legit told me, like, fine, then you'll just sit on the bench for six months. I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like, it is what it is, man. But then like, you know, pride used to call me all the time. Hey, we need you to fight. But they would call you on one week's notice. And then, you know, they wanted you to fight. Yeah, that was planned. But then they'd (laughs) they'd try to offer you like a low ball thing, money. And then when they didn't, when they didn't pay you, you're like, hey, uh, you're like, no. Then you always tried to, you always said no at first because you knew they were going to come back with an even better offer. But they would also threaten, like, okay, well, fine, we just won't use you in our next couple of shows. And they always paid more than the UFC, and they always paid more than Strike Force and everyone else, you know, at the time. So, yeah, and Strike Force was her pride was gone before Strike Force, really, kind of around that time. But, um, but yeah, it just, it's uh, I don't know, you just can't say no. You got, you got to get, you got to stay active. Like James, Daniel James, well, I'm sorry, but we're fighting in Chicago. You, you just came off your win. You know, I, How's I that just leg? already know. How's that leg? <laughs> I can just see Scott Coker's wheels turning. Oh, How, yeah. We got to have him there. You know, we got to have him there. And I knew that, and I just know that his wheels are like, man, because that guy sells. He'll sell 3,000 tickets, no problem. No problem himself in that arena. And you got to remember, he was the... He was the lead bodyguard for the rapper Twista. You know, he's uh, he's born there. He does community work there all throughout the the schools. The um, what are they called? Like the community centers. He goes to the schools. Yep. He donates his goes time the, and spends time with the youth. And he's uh, he's a, such a nice guy. guy. Talk about a big giant, man! Oh, a yeah. big cuddle bear giant. That guy. He's absolutely amazing. But look, my thing with John Salter is congratulations on such a career. I looked at him like a John Fitch. Like a Jake Shields, yep. uh, Matt Lindland. Guys, it, you know, yep. sometimes people didn't think they were exciting. But they were exciting because they got finishes. People don't even appreciate the finish. Like John Fitch had, a, I don't know, nine of his 11 fights of his uh, wins and his, you know, leading up to his title shot. They were finishes. It was after he got his title shot that things started to go astray. The same thing with John Salter. He's tons of finishes in all of his yep. fights. And then as he started losing, he had some problems. But then the competition starts getting younger and you start getting older. You know, and so and they, and they're always hard. The, the, fighting those young guys is going to be hard. Aaron Jeffrey, he was he's someone that was riding on that, that win streak, that confidence, like you said. And he thought, oh, I can't be held down. I can't be held down. I've had luck. He didn't really. He never wrestled in high school. He got to wrestle a little bit at Rocky Mountain, I think, college or whatever it was. Right up in. 
Brock College. Brock uh, College, sorry. Brock yeah. College in Canada. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just, I, he wasn't on the team, but he just wrestled with the guys, you know, after season, outside of season, or whenever he could get in there with them. And it's different when you're fighting someone like a John Salter, John Fitch, Jake Shields. They have a game plan. Their game plan is to be relentless in chasing the takedowns. And if you can get them moving backwards, the chances of you winning are good. But Jeffries kept trying to push, and John wasn't backing up. And then when you try to do that, you make yourself susceptible to being taken down. And that's exactly what happened. So Jeffries will be back. Uh, Salter will not. And uh, he's going to enjoy that retirement, man. He's going to enjoy Bro, I got to be honest, though. He's got some of the most fucked up ears. John Salter. <laughs> I, I think outside of uh, Valid Ishmael, he's probably number two, somewhere in there. Valid's ears are there, fucked as well. There, there, there's, a, there's a couple guys. He does the, it, it just, I always, I always say this thing. Well, he kind of looks like if you look at like a 66 Volkswagen with the doors open from the rear. <laughs> You're <laughs> fucked up. That's the thing. But he is the nicest guy. Oh, oh, Salter. He's a really good guy. My man, I'm going to miss you. Best of luck in the next chapter of your life. Next fight. Archie Colgan against Justin Montalvo. I love this fight. I love both guys. Archie Colgan is hes going to be something special. The dude can wrestle his ass off. His striking has now gotten really good. He's got a big gas tank. You know, He's got a beard on him too, John. Yeah, he does. He's got a beard on shots. him, buddy. He took some shots yeah. in that fight. Yep, and and, and uh, you know I, I know Justin Montalvo is uh, upset that you know with the the loss, first loss of his career. The guy's got nothing to be upset with. First off, he's right. got a great camp that he's with with Ray Longo. They've done a phenomenal job with him because this kid goes to the body so well. Yep, and that that's a talent. It is a talent that is underutilized in our sport. He is mentally tough. He wants to fight. He doesn't go out there to. Uh, gain points he wants to put you away you know what i know i know he's upset that he, he got the l don't worry about it dude you just keep fighting the way you are and you're going to be doing big things in this sport you, you've got it, all the things necessary just keep learning and uh he's going to make that one up but i thought it was a great win by archie colgan i think archie though i look at him I'm like man you're too small for the weight class because it's lightweight <sighs> But he is thick, he's stacked, and Boy, he yeah. obviously has power, and he can wrestle, man. He can scramble, he can wrestle. Yep. I, I look at when guys make decisions to fight in weight classes, I'm like, man, you're a little too small for that weight class. Why not just fight your ass off in that weight class until, you know, if you get a couple losses and you think you can make, you know, 45, then go to 45. But right now, he he's uh he's right up there, man, because when I start looking at the guys in the lightweight division, they're all they're all studs, but a lot of them are strikers. Yep. They can't wrestle like him. Nope. You know, and he, he, dude, he was fighting 170. Yeah, see, I got, I, I'm looking at him. I'm like, bro, these guys at one, and these guys in lightweight. You know, I, I know, I speak very highly of like, uh, Tofik Mosayev, Alexander mm -hmm. Shabli, uh, Brent Primus, like these guys. You know, um, and obviously the champ Usman Nurmagomedov. He's probably the one that can wrestle the most. Yeah, I know he's the champ, but you know, there's a good reason why he's the champ is because he can wrestle, and a lot of them know yeah. that he can wrestle. Patricky can wrestle also, but it's not the level of like a, a good hardcore grinding style wrestler, which Archie yeah. Kogan is. So Montavo, man, I can't wait to watch you fight again. That fight wouldn't have been as exciting without you. Yep, and that's what people forget. It takes yep. two fighters to come in the center and get after it, and both of them did it. Both of, neither one of them backed down. And man, Archie was going, or Montavo was going to the body, and Archie was going to the head. Montavo was coming back up to the body. It was into the head. I mean, it was it was a nasty fight, John. It was back and forth, just oh, it was one good. 
One was able to have a little bit more power on his punching, and it was pretty damn impressive. Yeah. I was I pretty impressed. Spot a little bit better, yeah. Great fight. Luke Trainer taking on unbeaten Sullivan Colley. It was so this this fight was so when we were looking at it, we were talking because Luke Trainer was five and zero with five first round finishes, and he goes into a fight. Supposedly he was not well going into the fight, but he never used it as an excuse. I'm gi- I'm giving it to him now, and he lost a decision, got his butt kicked by uh, Simon Bayong and Sullivan Colley coming into this fight five and zero, five finishes first round. And it was one of those, it was almost like meant to be. It's like just a little swapping of the places. Mm-hmm. Luke Trainer, he did what he said. I'm gonna I'm gonna press. I'm gonna make him, you know, he's gonna wanna come into me and then I'm gonna try to beat him up from there. He did a great job. But when as soon as he, you know, got on top, dude, he's locked the choke in beautifully. The way he did it was very nice. And he's showing he's evolving as a fighter. And I thought that uh you know, he, he switched camps. He's now with the uh, Great Britain top team and uh, got Brad Pickett and Ashley Grimshaw doing a great job with him. I love Ashley, Brad Pickett, man. Oh, dude, he's hysterical. He's, he's, a, cra- he's a crack up. Yeah. I remember watching yeah. him in Cage Cage Wars? Cage? Cage Rage? I can't remember. Anyways, Brony oh, yeah. fought on one of them and he was the main event. I was out there corner and Brony. He fought Brony? No way. No, no, no. I said he oh, okay. He was fighting on the undercard. Okay, he was say. on the undercard yeah. and Brony was the main event against uh, Scott Scott Jansen, I think his name was. Yeah. Brony knocked him out like the first round, but it was a great. Oh, no, no. I remember that. That was the one they stood They stood Brony up from Mount. Yeah, they stood him up for from no Mount. For no reason. He was actually for, doing work. For no reason. That's the one where yeah. Scott Jansen's brother headbutted Brony after the fight in the center of the cage. And then me and uh, me and uh, Mark Coleman fucking started swinging on dudes. Dude, why? Why like, do you? What have is to do going that? on? I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Some shit. Uh, Anyways, big win by Luke Trainer, and then he went and proposed to his <laughs> girl Holly, and she, luckily she accepted. Cause John, he didn't. It wouldn't look good. That was the funniest line ever. I can't oh wait to put God. some babies in you. I, I know. I was like. Okay, that's a new one for me. As far as I've heard it, I've heard it, but I've never heard it put out on national TV. Uh, I love you. I've always loved you, and I can't wait to put some babies in you. you. What the fuck, (laughs) Luke Trainer, my guy? You got to keep that shit to yourself. No, it was great, Luke. You go ahead, man. Gosh, you are gonna live in infamy, man. Mm. (laughs) That one's gonna stay. Next fight. That was great. Ah, Christian Edwards against Raheem Cleveland. I'm just gonna go to the end of this. Both guys getting a little tired at the end. That guillotine, I don't care if it was tight or not. It's, there is a submission. Christian Edwards says he didn't tap. You did. Mm. And anytime you tap during a submission, mm. it's going to be called because what is the fight? What is the fighter who is applying the submission going to do? It's going to start to release. Mm-hmm. You, you can sit there and say, I didn't mean to tap. I'll believe you. Okay, you didn't mean to, but you did. And yeah. since you did, the fight's over. Now, if you had tapped while, you know, he was, you know, in your guard and there was nothing being applied, yeah, it's not going to be counted. It has to be counted when there's a submission. Wow. So the the right thing was done by Jonathan Romero. The referee so, in that did the right thing. He stopped it. That 10-finger guillotine, right, is yep. uh, I used to wrestle with a guy out of Stanford University. His name was Todd Sermon. <clears throat> and he was the first guy I'd ever seen uh, use that. Use that remember on Scott me. Jorgensen? Yeah, I remember Scott Jorgensen. Boy, he used to put it on people. Well, Todd Sermon was before Scott Jorgensen was probably born. So 
<laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Todd was that was when Frank was getting ready, I think, for John Lober. Remember how he walked out in a wrestling or in a Stanford wrestling shirt? Yep. He was using Todd Sermon uh, as his wrestling guy because he took fourth, I believe it was fourth or fifth in nationals. And so Todd had that tall, long, linky body or whatever for utilizes. No, he's sorry. He was using him. He was using uh, Todd for Tito Ortiz. And Todd wasn't a big guy. I think he wrestled like 54s or 60, 62s, I think at the time, or 60s or something like that. Um, and he's the first person I'd ever seen use that. And he choked the shit out of Frank Shamrock, unconscious. <laughs> unconscious. Hit him, boom. Frank thought he could get out. Todd lifted him up off the ground with it. And Todd had that the belly he could suck in. He was like a bean pole, but he could suck his stomach in enough <laughs> to where vacuum he, it. Heads, his head, yeah. Frank's head the got stuck cage. in the rib cage. Yeah, and he just vacuum. fucking locked on and whoosh, out cold. We were like standing over Frank, waking him up. It's fucking being honest, man. Hey, because that motherfucker got me in there. He got, he got me on it too, like three or four times. Like, you son of a bitch. Yep. But he was good. That guy could, he, he, was the, he was the wrestler that died in Las Vegas to grab the light pole. In on the year two thousand, on on there was a it was it was pretty, the light he, gra- he climbed the light pole in Vegas on two thousand the millennial New Year's Eve. Okay, yeah. He climbed up on the thing, and as he was making adjustments to position himself because they were on the strip, and he was riling everyone up, and he reached up and grabbed the live wire. Oh, and died. Yeah, yeah, that'll kill you. Yep, he was a friend of mine and a bunch of us. I man, it was crazy. Couldn't believe it, dude. There it is, oh. right there. Yep. That and here's the thing. They greased this this let me tell you, this guy, he's such an athlete. They greased those poles. He still got up there. Yep. There's I got a picture of him, John. This kid was this kid was so insanely athletic. But I got a picture of him, kid you not. He climbed over the edge. There was like a little box, like a electrical box, not a little one, but it was a pretty big size one. Over the edge of the Golden Gate Bridge. It was on the outside of the fucking rope. And doing a one-handed handstand on the outside of it. He just, he just, that was him, man. If you look it up, you can see, you, if you look up Todd Sermon, like pictures or whatever it is, he's got some some uh, crazy-ass pictures of him. I think it's S-U-R. Might be S-U-R. I think it's S-U-R. Not Sherman. Sermon. Sermon. But, Sermon. Sermon. Sorry, that was that Google correction. Yeah. S- I think it's S-U-R. 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 Yep. I mean, yep. He's he wrestled at Stanford. There, yep, you there go. he is. There he is. Dun, dun, dun. It's yeah, funny you're saying long bean pulling. I'm thinking you, who else was like that? Rico Chipperelli. Yeah, he wrestled at Stanford. He was a fucking stud, man. Nope, that's not him. That's the not one, him. the first one you clicked on was him. Yep, that's him. This guy was an animal, dude. We'd go to nightclubs sometimes in Ve- and I'm Vegas in uh, San Francisco, and everyone always tried to fuck with him because he he loved to dance. He was like that. He could he could fucking pop and lock. He could do everything. I was I was really impressed. He had a great personality, absolutely amazing person, man. Um, and he was so athletic. We got videos of him doing one handed handstands on cars while they were driving. He had was like his trick, his little his little thing, man. He he'd be on the hood of the car doing. How all the hell do you do. balance yourself while the car's driving? I don't know, but he was. I, I he we he at his house. They had a rock climb, not a rock climb wall. They had a rope climb. It was a it was a um. What was it called? <coughs> it was a, oh, a rope climb. It was a rope climb, but it was a it was a house that had three stories, like two yeah. and a half stories there, but it had vaulted ceilings. So yeah. he he got up there and put a rope up there. He could climb the rope upside down, no legs. He could climb it up with no legs. He could do he could do one hand, and then he would 
he would hold and then he just or he'd, he'd go here one hand and he'd just hop up like this Jeez. with one hand this kid was he was insanely strong just so athletic and so mobile he was fucking insane absolutely insane all right yeah. <coughs> all right a little so, tribute to my boy rest easy, rest easy my guy rest easy we had a fight between Mike Hamill and Nick Brown. Kind of talked about that earlier. Fast, but it was the right thing by Frank Trigg. Nick Brown went out. He got freaking frozen. You can see when a guy goes face down the way he did, and then he went flat. Great win for Mike Hamill. Quick win. And Hamill's a little bit on a roll now. I think that's three in a row for him because like, they brought him in. His first opponent that he got on one week's notice was Adam Borch at 145. Yeah. They moved it to 150 so he could make weight. Then his next, Usman Nurmagomedov. <laughs> you go, does, do, do they not like poor Mike Hamill? Was that three, even three a one week? Right was that even a one week notice fight against Adam Boric? I thought it was like it was, that week, dude. It was it was right on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was the that, week of the fight. It was the Crazy. week of the fight, and I think and he, he put on a hell of a performance. It was a split decision because he was already there. That's why that he was, was there for Benson. Benson was there because Benson was fighting, and I think he he got on that card. Well, mm -hmm. put on a hell of a fight. So yeah, he's really turning it on. Three fights yep. in a row. That's three wins in a row. Yeah, well, he's looking great. And he said, he goes, he says, you're, you're watching. I'm going to get ten in a row. They're going to give me a championship fight. <laughs> There's that ten in a row again. Same, yep. th same thing that Umar is talking about. Yeah, see, it was Chandler versus Henderson too. That's why he was there. Right. He was already there right. for cornering or coaching or cornering or whatever for yeah, for Benson. Uh, for him for Benson. So. Yeah, he's on he's on a roll right now, man. I'm happy for him. He's he's yeah. a stud. He's a super nice guy. Bryce Logan, Killy's Mota. Killy's Mota's tough. Yep. Nick Brown now finished so three in a row. Here you go, buddy. You're on that run. Gotta keep it going. That's it. I like him, man. He brings the action. That's what I like that's what I like about Montavo. Yep. Bring bring the action. That's it. You know, like go I've, out there, man. I Live said or it, die on the sword, but fuck. Go out swinging. I said it earlier on the show, man. If the, I have to explain to these fighters, you guys got to fucking bring it. If you're not bringing it, don't expect to keep your contracts long. Because if you lose, if you lose two, and they both suck, what's the point of me having you if you can't bring? If you can't bring, be entertaining. At the end of the day, combat sports, especially this sport and boxing, they're the entertainment business. Yep, they are. Boxing has kind of forgotten that a little bit. You know, they all talk the shit, but fuck, man. Sometimes they don't box and they don't fight. They stick, you know, they make it look pretty. Like, I was not a big fan of, of Mayweather because he made it look so easy. And I know he was damn good. But it's like, man, it's, it gets to a point where he could have put guys away, but he just he was just playing with his food. You yeah. know, that's why, like, guys like Pacquiao, right? It was just nice to, he just went after you, went after you. As he got older, kind of got away from that a little bit. But I understand why. Uh, next fight. Comments? My man, uh. Dave is slow with his yeah, stuff. Adam Piccolotti against Mandel Nalo. I'll let you talk all about that. I thought, great fight. And Adam Piccolotti really showing how good he can be, how he can start to let a fight get away from him, and then how he can bring it back. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen, look, Adam and I have been training partners. I've known this kid since he was 14, 15 years old. Fantastic young man. He is absolutely one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Just a young talent. He's been with uh, Raul Castillo since he was a young kid as well. They both used to train with a guy that I was supposed to fight in the UFC. And they both got away from him around the same time. And they opened up the and Raul opened up his own spot and um and trained. Um <clears throat> they trained together and Raul Castillo's built him his grappling pretty much from the ground up. Yeah. And uh he's done a great job with him. One of the one of the brighter 
guys, I think, in the MMA, in the jiu-jitsu MMA world is Raul Castillo. But Adam, I gave him a harsh talk in the back afterwards. No matter how much I care for you, buddy. I go, and I say this to a lot of the guys, and I think maybe that's why I'm not, you know, as, um, you know, people don't talk as highly of me because when you're my friend, I have, a, I am, I have the reality, a very harsh truth. Is there in situation? Yeah, I don't like do that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's Makes probably why we get bad. along. And that's I'm okay with bad. I'm okay with a conversation and I'm okay with being right. told, hey, you're right, you're wrong. But it, with him, I said, you gave away the Benson fight. That was your fight to have. I go, and then you turn around, then you lost, I think, another one after that. And then with the Adam fight, this fight, you almost gave it away again. It this sport is in just like boxing, it's momentum. Most sports are momentum based. Once the momentum starts to turn, it's fuck. It's hard to, to catch to it up. It it's hard to get it back. It's hard to catch it. You can't just turn it with a switch. He had to a little bit in that third round, but he also just did, got started late. I was like, what are you doing, man? Even in the third round, get after it. You went from dominating the first round, having a good first round, to losing the second, and you, and you lost it by just a little bit, too. Like, you could have done so much more. Had you just done a little bit more, you probably could have won it, but you gave it away. You just said, ah, it's okay. I'm okay. And I, I got on him in the back and I said, you, you could be so much, you'd be ranked so much higher. You would have probably been in the lightweight tournament. You know I mean? But you just, a couple little miscalculations in what's going on in the fight and you lost a couple in a row. Click on Adam because he lost to Benson. He lost to Outlaw first, I think, right? Or Benson first. He lost to one of no, them first. Lost to Benson first, first, lost to Outlaw, hurt his knee, then he lost to Barnaby. Yeah, so Jake Smith. So Benson. Yep. Got to okay, win so against Benson, Jake Smith. Yep. And then Jake Smith. And then Sydney Outlaw. And then. Which was a great fight. Carhanian. Yeah. Against Carhanian. The Carhanian one, you look and you go, it just did. It was not the the Adam Piccolotti that we know can compete. Mm -hmm. But he still won the fight. Huh? Against no. Georgie, yeah. Yeah, he won but that still. fight. But then, but with, but Bar still. with Monster Bonoui, he just, he got out grappled. And that's like his forte. Yeah. You know? So with Mandel Nalo, he almost gave the fight away. And Mandel Nalo, we had a talk with him too afterwards. We saw he ran into him at the restaurant there and was like, I'm not trying to tell you how to beat my friends. So John did. And um <laughs> and I was like, hey, I I just I couldn't disagree. Had Mandel Nalo kicked a little bit more, whether the calf, whether to the body, whatever it was, he probably could have got Adam to stop shooting or at least not press the he's action. Gotta, he's gotta fight more. Yeah. You can't you know, let the fights the, just get away from you like that. Yeah, and that happens when you're only fighting once a year. You know, it, the, I'm okay with someone if they want to be a part-time fighter. Okay, don't don't expect you know to be, you know, getting anywhere because repetition makes you where you don't get nervous, you don't get the same feeling. You're you're calm in situations. You're able to take over. When things aren't going right, you know how to change it, and you've done it in the, in the last couple of fights, and it's it's all rote memory for you. When you haven't fought, you know, in a year, every time you walk out under those lights, it has an effect because I haven't been here for a while, and you got to be there for you got to you know you got to say hey, I'm I'm in this, I want to fight, mm -hmm. give me fights. Mm -hmm. And I think I think Mandel Nala will be so much better if he would just take more fights because the guy's skilled, he's got talent, he's so good. He's got uh, some nasty kicks. That spinning back kick he landed oh. coming out of the second round. Oof. Coming out of the first round into the second round was beautiful. Look, he can do it all. Yeah. But he makes 
just mental breakdowns mm-hmm. in the fight that allows things to slip away. But it was a good fight. Sarah Collins against Pam Sorsen. Man, Sarah Collins, 3-0, and comes out, shows she, why she was on the Australian judo t- national team for so long. She takes Pam Sorensen down right into Kezakatami, scarf hold, whatever you want to call it, you know, and dominated the position. And, and that's not an easy position. It's not an easy position to hold. But it, a lot of, especially jujitsu people, think that, oh, I'm going to just take someone's back. Not against a good judo player, you're no. not, because they're so versed at keeping your arm in a certain position up off of the ground and your shoulders, they're not allowing your shoulders to turn. You don't get it to where you're more towards your side. You're flat on your back and your waist only turns so far and they start to lock in, you know, the arm locks, either be it the Americana or the straight, straight arm lock. Man, the legs are strong. It bends that arm in a nasty way and that was a beautiful submission win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By Sarah Collins. Absolutely insane. There was the judo guy that was on the Koscheck team. <clears throat> uh, he was on Koscheck's t- Ultimate oh, Fighter team. Sovkot or Shavkot or Sh- Sh- I don't know. I can't remember. It's not Sh- I'm thinking of Shavkot. No, no, no. Savat. 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 Yeah. That guy, tr- yeah. he was freakishly Savat. strong. Oh, yeah. He was He was out of Carl Parisian's camp. Yeah. That was... Um, He's Savak, on the Ultimate Fighter. Magakian. Uh, Magakian. Yeah, down there at the bottom, you see where it says Savak S-E-V. Down, down, not up. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team Koscheck, Savak. Savak. Right there. Boom. No, Maga go over. Kian. Yeah, right, right there. there. I was looking for a last name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. That's... So, yeah, he was he was fantastic. He brought another one of his friends that came and trained with us, too. That guy had power in his hands. Very, yep. very, like, strong. Super yeah. strong. Yeah, his Just judo was good. Didn't have a very high fight IQ. Um, but he was he get into a brawl when he should have. Yeah. But yeah, he, um, yeah, he just, he was, he was good. He was, but he, he liked to hit that little scarf hold, like try to hit that arm bar on all him. the time. Yeah. He just, whew, man, I couldn't get out. I kept thinking I can get to his back. I couldn't yep. get away. Yep. So I just knew once. People think, oh, I'll just get to take his back. No, no, you won't. Once you fight. I've tried. Him. And again, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Okay. It's not like I was like, you know, I thought that I thought I'll be able to get no, no, not against a good judo player. Against an average one, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Against a good one, not that easy to do. Next. <laughs> All right, then we had Jefferson Creighton taking on Joey Davis. Uh, you know, this was Joey Davis coming back after a long layoff. Jeff, Jazzy Creighton, Jazzy Jeff as they call him, really fought a good, smart fight. But he, the real thing about this was Joey Davis won the wrestling match. Joey Davis lost the fight. It's MMA. It's not a wrestling match. It doesn't matter how much you are taking people down if you're not doing anything with those takedowns. I believe Joey Davis had seven to eight takedowns. But every time he hit the ground, he was still wrestling. No submissions. And Creighton is throwing shots. And he's elbowing them. And he's you know he's landing shots. And you take a look at the stats in strikes, yeah. and they're, they're off the charts one way for Creighton. And you look and you go... You gotta you gotta mix it all together. You cannot be just a wrestler in MMA and expect to get the decision win. And he didn't. Yeah. What is that, Dave? Sorry, I was trying to pull up your um, your MMA decisions. Uh, yeah, Chris Crail is the one that went with uh, Joey Davis, and I talked to him about that, and he tried to explain why. And I said, "Let me ask you a simple question." I go, 
you also went with you know another person this in these fights why did you go with him well he was landing landing more shots okay so when joey davis was taking people down what damage was he doing i said were there were they high amplitude takedowns was he picking them up and slamming him he goes no i said was he throwing any punches any elbows any doing any damage setting up submissions no how do you want to fight if you're not fighting yeah which sucks because that it I believe suck. I believe that's the first loss for Joey Davis since like it is. middle school. It is. <laughs> Being honest, that's what I was told that he has. Well, that's he, not true. Are you that's sure? That's not true. Yeah, positive. Okay, I heard he didn't lose in high school either, and he lost. You talking about wrestling matches? It, yeah, so, I mean, like, what else has he lost in? Well, he lost when he went to beat the streets in New York. Ah, you know, I'm trying to think of. Got who, it. Got it. Got wrestled. it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, so. But yeah, okay. I mean, he, he doesn't lose much. No, but still, man. But, <sighs> Kick and wrestle. Boy, He's he can. Good. Lucas Brennan taking on Josh San Diego. Look, man, Lucas Brennan, he's doing everything right. His dad's doing everything right. He's being smart <laughs> with his career, and he's sticking with what he's good at. Josh San Diego is a good fighter. We know that. He's got good stand up, he's got good takedown defense, not great off his back. And Lucas took him down, got the rear naked choke. He did it in a really nice fashion. That's what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Don't try to strike with the guy who can outstrike you. Go, make him fight your in your world. And that's what he does. And that's what makes him at 22 years of age really impressive. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. He's he, Look, this was a step up in competition. I don't care what yes. anyone says. I've trained with Josh San Diego. I've sparred with Josh San Diego. I know how good he is. He's crafty. Like he's got an experience. When I trained with him, he was a lot younger. So I was kind of like the position where I was more of the obviously the the more veteran of higher level competition. But he would come in like on my fifth round for some sparring. I would utilize him for some stuff. Um, he's gotten a lot better in his takedown defense. He's got a lot better on the ground off of his back. He was mainly a kickboxer when I was training with him. Yep. And so I would use him for all the guys that, you know, had mainly just kickboxing experience that I was fighting. But he's gotten so much better. I was concerned a little bit for Lucas because if he couldn't get him down, he would be stuck standing. And in the stand-up war, I, I was going to give Josh the the nod. Sure. You know, absolutely. So Chris, uh, Lucas, Chris, Lucas, Lucas fought a good fight, man. He fought a smart fight, got the fight to the ground. And one thing that he is good at, not one thing, he's good at a lot of things. But when he gets you down, he's a finisher. He's oh, chasing yeah. the submissions. He's not yes. just trying to control you. No, he doesn't he's give a shit them. about it. And it's one of the things, if you watch him, you know, we always talk about position before submission. Mm-hmm. And there are times when nah, he nah. Just, he's going for it because he'll transition from one to the next. Yeah. He's that good because he grew up on the mats. You know, sometimes it would be nice to slow down a little bit. Yeah. But you, what are you going to say, man? Fantastic. He's just getting better. Expect big things out of him. Next fight. Vladimir Tokov taking the O away from Lance Gibson Jr. Lance Gibson, I think, was 7-0. and Tokov goes in there, landed, and it wasn't... He landed a big shot, but it didn't look like it affected Lance Gibson, but it did. And then a jab put him on his butt, and it was over with a couple more shots off of that. He was knocked unconscious. He had no idea what happened. Big win in a fast fashion against a super athletic guy. And I really thought in that fight going in, I I was like, Tokov needs to just take his time and he needs to get past the athleticism of Gibson and then start to, you know, just keep the pressure on him. Nope. 
Big I shot. Mean, yep. All it takes. There was fights when we were talking about fights we possibly would get rounds out of and possibly fights we wouldn't. Yeah, I thought that one. I, you thought you were going to get rounds out of it. I did. Yep. And I, I thought, but I thought that Lance Gibson was going to do too much and the punching power would be too much and he would make Tokov respect his punching power too much. So he would circle, stay away, and chase the takedowns. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, yeah. But then the same thing with Joey Davis. I thought Joey Davis was going to be a little bit more crafty on the feet because I've seen him yeah. before on the feet. Oh, just yeah. Spinning back kicks, spinning this, spinning that. A whole lot you of know, stuff. Side kicks. Well, he can do it all, you know? And these two guys shouldn't have lost their O's. So, I mean, I know with I know with Lance, I know he trained, and I know Joey trained also, but I'm saying, like, it just seemed like both of these guys were being slated to be the next up and coming and taking a loss. I mean, maybe we're going to see a loss for – maybe they'll take the loss like how Luke Trano took the loss. Come That's back it. and just come on and explode. Learn a lot from it. Don't get ahead of yourselves. But I expect – I still expect a lot of big things out of Lance Gibson and Joey Davis, both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, you're, you're going to fall down. Let's just get back yeah. up, figure out how it happened, get better. Mm-hmm. Ah, and Randy Field had a very nice win against Ashley Cummins. Decision victory, used her stand-up. Let's go past that to Bryce Meredith, who, man, he looked fantastic. We know Bryce from the wrestling world. He is an incredible wrestler. He used it, but he also used all kinds of MMA skills. His hands look good. When he got in the top position, he was doing damage. And he just basically wore Brandon Carrillo down, ended in the second round. And I'll give Brandon uh, Carrillo credit, man. He he was tough because he could have quit in a lot of situations in there. It was n- not one bit of it was good for him, really. Yeah. And he just hung in there and hung tough and was trying to fight his way out of everything. So Bryce Meredith's looking good. 135 pounds. <sighs> another Bannerman. Yeah, Look at that. One. Next, last one. Tough. Mackenzie Stiller coming out against Maria uh, Henderson, Benson Henderson's wife. We'd seen Maria as an amateur in Bellator. She'd won one fight as a professional with LFA. She was 1-0 coming in. Mackenzie Stiller was 0-0. This was her pro debut. But, you know, you and I had talked about it. I said, hey, watch out for Mackenzie Stiller. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And uh, she's good. She's tough. I hadn't seen seen her fight. And I yeah. was like, okay, I was expecting Maria to kind of like stick and move because I had talked to her. She's like, look, we know that she's got judo. We know that she's kind of crafty on the ground. Um, but then she punched her way right into a clinch because she's like, I'm going to stand. I've been working on my stand up a lot. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. And then she got too close. She got into the clinch and then, whoop, the fight yep. hit the ground. She threatened that leg lock. Yeah, she had the potential of hitting that in that uh, reverse heel hook. Yeah. But Stiller did a great job of keeping her foot flat on the ground. And kind of uh, posturing up, beating the knee. And once she beat the knee, it was over, man. She was able to get to the top position and work and that's the one, and, and that was one of those things as you're watching the fight. As soon as she beat that knee, so there was no way that that was ever going to work. Maria has to say, yeah. abandon ship with that. Let me either get to a better position, get myself back to my feet. That didn't happen. Held it a little too long, and that happens mm-hmm. when you're in that. And uh, all went downhill from there. But yeah. she'll be back. Exactly. And... And Mac- Mackenzie Stiller, I can't wait to watch you fight again. Mm-hmm. So. All right, before we carry on to uh, Game Red Boxing and the PFL, I wanted to remind you guys that it is a free subscription over at OnlyFans.com slash in. We have partnered with them. We are the only podcast, not the only, but the very first podcast that they have ever worked with. And uh, they're, they're in hopes that we were going to bring more of the sports world to their platform. That's what we're looking to do. 
I talked to a lot of people this last weekend at the Bellator event. They're like, yeah, I heard you guys are with OnlyFans. And I was like, I said, yeah, once I explained that. That's right. We're getting naked, baby. (laughs) Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, buddy. (laughs) Well, we are doing commercials and stuff, but we're getting close. Yes, we are. Well, some of us are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But uh, overall, guys, I mean, look, it's been a good experience for us. We've had a lot of uh, interaction with our fans and I don't want to say too much, up close and personal, but no, we've had a lot of interaction with the fans over there at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Join us over there. It's free. We're taking our fan questions from there. You guys can go ahead and hit us up in the DMs too if there's anything you guys would like us to answer or if there's anything you guys want, like say, for Big John to uh, talk through or show video of, you know, on paperwork and sure in terms of uh, refing or judging or any of that stuff, he can help you guys with that. And I can help you guys with any types of techniques. So if you guys want jiu-jitsu techniques, combination techniques, any of that stuff, you guys need video footage, you guys let us know. No, I will not show you my butthole. Okay, no matter what you say. But the rest of it is at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne. Subscribe. So that's right. where the limit is, huh? That's, butthole. that's kind of where the limit is. Yeah. Yeah, right. well, you were suntan in that sucker, so I don't know. At least until I bleach it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Ah, let's go. Let's talk about OnlyFans. There was a bunch of these fighters that were uh, absolutely sponsored by OnlyFans here on the Game Bread Boxing Four. Uh, You know, I'm not going to talk about the preliminary card or anything. I did watch Joe Riggs uh, with the injury in the. It was the third round of his fight and stuff, but fairly close fight back Mm -hmm. and forth. Joe Riggs walks walked away. Uh, First one I want to talk about. Kleckler does not get enough credit. He's actually a decent boxer. And uh, Josh Burns found that out. It's like, I don't care how big and strong you are. Your chin does not have muscle on it. And if you leave it out there to be hit, someone's going to put you down. First round TKO for Dylan Kleckler. That was a nice one. You would have thought that Burns would have brought his left hand up after he got dropped the first time. But no, he came back out and that shit dropped all the way back down to his his his, waist, to his titty. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Come on, buddy. Use your head, man. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, Dylan Kleckler, hey, he looked good. Yeah, he did. He looked really good. We had Gina Manzani going against Pro Gonzalez. It was a great great fight. They both mm-hmm. fought their asses off. I thought I actually liked the, uh, this, the draw. I thought the draw was about right. I thought they both had their moments in the fight. Uh, but Gina Manzani ends up taking a majority decision from mm-hmm. Pro Gonzalez. But she... I loved her afterwards. Yeah, she's, you know, oh, you know, I love this and all that stuff. Good. Continue on with it. You look good. You boxed well. You were aggressive. The whole thing. Devin Cushing, a good boxer going against Damian. Yeah. Marciano, not that good a boxer. Mm. Just wasn't a competitive fight. Devin Cushing just walked through him the whole fight. The fight that was actually a really well contested boxing match. Yes. Luis Feliciano versus Clarence Booth. These guys were going at it. And, but they and could I know box. Clarence. Boy, both of them. Both I, of them. I was, John, I was like, why is Luis Feliciano below the other guys? I know. <laughs> and I'm, I know they're my guys, <laughs> man. Thing. I know I'm, I'm yeah, all it was for the same thing. I was like, this kid, he's, he's good. And Clarence Booth was pretty damn good, also. Damn straight. They both, you know, but it was a good fight. And you looked at it, and I, and I understand, you know, Clarence Booth was upset afterwards. No, look, the harder shots were landed by Feliciano throughout the fight, and they got it right. Yep. But it was, I mean, great, great matchup between the both. Clarence Booth, you fought your ass off. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for the effort because you, you you definitely made that fight. It was competitive throughout. 
Let's get into the MMA guys that were fighting. We had Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. This had taken place in MMA. Jose Aldo had won that. and With a body shot. Body shots, yeah. It was a go, body man. shot. And this ended up being a, declared a majority draw. Uh, I was a little surprised by it. I really liked the way Jeremy Stevens fought. And yep. it, it, to answer me this. Tell me if I'm wrong. Because as I was watching it, you know... I, I love watching Jose Aldo fight, but there's something missing when it's not MMA because you know without the kicks and everything, and he was so disciplined. I'm going to say disciplined. Kept his hands up high a lot. Beautiful straight jab. It was quick. It was sharp. It snapped out, but didn't throw near as much as Jeremy. Jeremy had more volume. Uh, he blocked a lot of Jeremy's shots though, and then that's where I'm looking. I'm going. I think a lot of those were blocked. You're giving credit to someone throwing, but it's got to it's got to hit something other than shoulders or arms. But overall, I'm not upset with it. I thought Jeremy fought his ass off. I thought he looked good in the boxing ring, and I thought Aldo looked good in the boxing ring. It's just that I'm kind of missing something mm. from him compared to MMA. I think with Jose, right? Like we just were used to him being able to change the dynamic of a fight with his kicks. And yeah. even though towards the end of his career, he definitely was not kicking. Kind of went away from it. He was more yeah. of a boxer. And that's yep. why that, I think that's why he looks so good in his boxing is because he's been boxing mainly in his MMA fights. And that's a lot yeah. of reasons why he's losing, why he started losing his MMA yeah. fights. So and even though he was still fighting the top dogs at the top when he decided to walk away from the sport, he, he's got the pop in his hand still. He's got some speed still. Where he lacks is the endurance. Because output. of the age. It's the output and the age, and that happens. Like, you realize... Not that, that like, old, though. I know, John, but it just... He's, he's not been, that old. He's been doing it for so long. Yeah. I mean, and here's the other thing is... I can almost guarantee, because he played... Didn't he play, like, semi-pro soccer? Or like, I was like on a really good soccer team, I guess, as a young kid. And um, that's what I recall being, being told to me for a long time. I never looked it up, so I'm not sure. Maybe you can verify that, Dave. I don't know. But I know he owns a part of a soccer team, I believe, is what they were telling me. So that being said, he's going to, all the years that I've played soccer, all the years that I have done kickboxing fights and I've done MMA fights, bro, my hips hurt me all the time. All the time. You know, and like we were just talking with Hans Molenkamp from Monster, you know, and (laughs) he just had a hip replacement. And I've had, uh, I have a close friend of mine, Abel Carrasco. Fought in Bellator, he fought in Strike Force, really good, really good kickboxer. Fought in the U.S. national team against uh, uh, in Muay Thai, phenomenal kickboxer. Hip replacement, fucking 33, 34 years old, hip replacement. From all the years of checking kicks, delivering kicks back, all of those things. So when I look at Jose, torque on the hip. he's got, I'm assuming he's got some sort of hip issue. Um, that or his foot or his ankle or whatever, but I'm thinking it's a hip thing. Like it's it's hard for him to probably kick. But um, from soccer to kickboxing to MMA, all of those things, um, I, I'm happy to see him. I'm happy to see him doing uh boxing. At least I get to still watch him fight. But it does yeah. change. It changes a lot. When I look at him, when I was watching, I'm like, dude, you should be throwing knees. You should be throwing oh, your know. kicks. But it was it was a good fight. I like the fact that the two of them really landed on the line. There was was some great exchanges in there. All those fought their asses off, you know. But uh, it was one of the better fights of the definitely one of the better fights of the night. It's not the best fight. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, when I look at the, I mean, I almost fell asleep a little bit during the Ronaldo and uh, their uh, uh, Jacare and Belfort Belfort fight. 
Yeah. I almost fell asleep. I was like nodding in and out. I was like, fuck, man. So, yeah, it just it was so one dimensional. It was so one sided. And I was like, it just wasn't wasn't the fight that I expected it to be. And I knew I kind of really knew. it was the exact fight. Actually, I'm going to give uh, Jacare, who <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Jacare is <laughs> wasn't that way. Sean Wheelock is yeah. on the call with uh, Porter, and Porter cannot say Jacare. Can't say Jacare's <laughs> name. Like, uh, Jacare, I was like, all right. Oh yeah, okay. he kept murdering it. But then again, I've murdered too many names, so it's all right. Yeah, but they're usually Russian with like oh, fifty syllables. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. you look and you go. Belford had you know had him definitely hurt. I think it was the third round with the knockdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, tough. I mean. Fucking Jacare fucking hung tough. And he, yeah. Dude, he was fight, He was fighting the fight that he needed to to try yeah. to win it. That's what I really admired in it because he was putting pressure coming forward and he was gassing. Oh, yeah. Vitor down. Ga- Vitor was starting to have some gas issues there. He was getting tired. You know, obviously he won the fight. No doubt about it. Vitor won the fight. And at 46 years of age, at 46, he still has fast hands, you know? one of those things that normally goes away his hands were still fast he won the fight but i thought overall it was a it was a gutsy performance by jacare there definitely was no usada at this event um oh my god no and we'll talk about that later (laughs) (laughs) next and here's the one man i was so wrong anthony pettis wait wait, stop let's repeat this i want it it to come out everybody pay attention (laughs) go ahead john john take it away (laughs) you know i really thought going into this and if you watch it anthony doesn't hit roy that much but i really will give him credit he was throwing and he was throwing more than i thought he would uh based upon roy's roy just was not in shape enough to maintain his burst you know he was great at defending there was a couple times that pettis landed some clean shots but he was he was really good at defending but the the conditioning wasn't there so the burst became, you know, less. They weren't they weren't a lot in the beginning, but they came less and less. Uh, but very difficult to go against a good boxer that defensively can, you know, knows what they're doing. At times, you know, he, he was doing, you know, real high gloves. You know, at times he was opened up. But Anthony Pettis really performed well. I mean, because he looked like a boxer. He moved well. When he first started, it was a little tight. And I don't blame him, but man, I was so impressed with how he went after Roy in the fight and used his hands, used good combinations, mostly stuck with straight punches down the line to make him get there quick and everything. And it was what one of the parts that amazed me at 54, Roy Jones was still faster than Anthony Pettis. <laughs> that jab popped out and stuff. And he was like, holy shit. But. Anthony Pettis looked fantastic. I was wrong about how that was going to be. I thought it would be more Roy just deciding when. Go ahead. Wrong. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I want to <laughs> hear that one more time. <laughs> that was That's great. Uh, microphone. I think what it is, right, is that it's it's, it's the age thing. Like, no matter how, no matter, like, he can be fast, but if you don't have the endurance to push it out, doesn't Gas matter. Yeah, it's just, and... You can be world class at one point in your life, and he's got all the skill. He probably, he still does have all the skill. Look, but, he's he's forgotten more about boxing no. than Anthony Pettis knows. Yeah, but, but fifty four, 
Pettis is what? Is Pettis, is Pettis even 40 yet? 36. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Jeez. 18-year uh, difference. Jeez. It's a lot. But yeah, okay, but the one thing I did you know, as afterwards, I love the respect between But Anthony kind of said, you know, I, I would love to, to box Anderson Silva. I really, I always wanted to fight him. I would love to box Anderson. I'm like, oh my God, Anthony's becoming Jake Paul. He's going after the old guys. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's more of a, you know, I don't know. I look at the, the Anthony, he was saying they were supposed to fight in MMA. I know. I was surprised by that because yeah. Anthony was at the biggest 55, yeah. went down to 45. Wow. Yeah. He did fight 170, though. Yeah. He fought, he, Stephen he, Thompson. he fought Stephen Knocked Thompson. Stephen Thompson. Knocked out That's Stephen right. Thompson. That's right. Impressive. All right. Next, uh, next card PFL. This is going to be short, but. <laughs> I am going to talk about it. I am going to talk about Professional Fighters League, their start of their season. You know, I want to say, I thought the Brendan Lohane versus uh, Marlon Marais fight. Look, Brendan went out and did exactly what he's supposed to. And he's good. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been watching him since I saw him in Russia. Hopefully Bellator can still him. him. (laughs) Uh, He he doesn't want to do the damn... uh, It's funny because you, you finally win their, you know, season... Mm-hmm. And you become their champion, but they t- kind of take it away because you're not the champion coming in. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. Nope. You know, you should be the champion. Wilkerson should be the champion coming in, but I understand the way they do it, and he doesn't like that, and I don't blame him for not liking it, but, man, the dude can fight. And uh, the leg kicks, I really feel bad for Marlon. It's just, you know, it's Marlon was that guy at one time. He was the one doing the things that Brendan Lochnane is doing now, and uh, it's just that, you know, time and age are catching up, and especially when you're in those lighter weight classes. Speed kills, and the speed was killing Marais in that fight. I think we've come at a time, I think the sport has hit a time where it's now be making the transition to being a younger man's sport. It oh, yeah. was okay for fighters. You're gonna Now you'll get a couple that are here that'll still be around like 36, 37, 38. But I think Anthony Pettis being 36 and no longer in the UFC, no longer fighting PFL, no longer. There's come a time now in this sport, at least in the men's side of it all, yeah. where they, they, it's becoming more of a younger man's sport. You're going to start seeing the lighter this, weight class. Yep, exactly. You're going to see from 170, maybe even 185, but I would say 170 is down. Is gonna start, you're going to start seeing guys retire at 33, 34 years old. I think it's going to happen here pretty soon because these younger guys, they've grown up training jiu-jitsu. They've understood. Like, I, yep. let me give you an example. I have a young lady that trains with me, and uh, she's a she's a purple belt, probably about to be a brown belt. She's fantastic. Took fifth at state in wrestling for the state of California. She's fantastic, but she's got she's so good that she understood. Like, she probably wants to fight later on. She just graduated high school, and she is. Her whole life, like not whole life, but majority of her last part of her high school career was all focused on, I'm going to be an MMA fighter. So I'm going to wrestle in high school. I'm going to train jiu-jitsu at the highest levels. And then I'm going to take a couple little kickboxing match uh, uh, classes to make mm-hmm. myself better, learn how to hit the bag, learn how to jump, learn how to hit mitts, learn how to shadow box, learn all these things. And her game is to become an MMA fighter. Now, whether it happens or not, but the, that I didn't have that. It just happened no. that I was in the sport of wrestling. It just happened that I wrestled when I was in high school, you know, middle school, and high this school. This thing came around that was called it, MMA. John, it couldn't have been a fucking perfect time in my life. It was almost, I swear, like God looked down and was like, bro, 
you're you're a nice. If kid. I don't if I don't if deliver I don't this you. to you, you're gonna yeah. be a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, but it's the truth, dude. It's you know, it's true. I mean, I don't know what I, I saw. I seriously don't know what I would have done. I probably would have joined the Air Force because that was my life. Kind of, I I still thought and believed that I was gonna join the Air Force. That would have been good. As soon as the UFC got rid of the lightweight division, I was giving myself like you know I'm gonna train a little bit, see if something comes up because Pride still had the lightweights. And so they had just about, they launched that tournament in Bushido and they had called me to see if I wanted to be in it. I was like, yes. So I hung on to hope for that. And then I didn't get into the tournament. So then I still fought though. I still fought in pride separate matches. I was like, okay, fine. Got paid a lot of money. Got paid more in that in one fight there than I did in all my UFC fights combined. All of them. So I was like, oh my God, I'm fucking rich. (laughs) It definitely wasn't rich. But it was, you know, if that fight hadn't come along, I would have joined the military, man. I would have joined the Air Force. There's no way I would have continued doing what I was doing. For sure, I would have joined the military. There's no doubt. Because it just was, I came from a poor family, man. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. How else. I knew how to make money, but it was like, I, I knew I didn't want to do hard labor my whole life. <laughs> Not after high school, man. <laughs> Did a little bit of that. I'm done every, every summer, it was picking prunes, picking apricots, working concrete, doing roofing for construction. I never had an easy job coming. Yeah, if you, if you do roofing... It's it is an attention getter because when you stand on roofs mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. all day long, either you know, knocking shingles down or putting them up, and you're on that angle. Yeah, and you know how your legs feel afterwards. Well, it's like, yeah, it teaches you a lesson. Roofing I, I wasn't bad for me because I was doing it in Idaho, so like I could be there with my shirt off. I didn't have to wear a hard hat. I like it was it wasn't bad, and I liked like oh I looked like I was tanning. Like you know it was kind of that like I got I was done by three o'clock because we started at five a.m. Yeah. Get down to the lake, you know, hang out with friends. I was, I loved that job. It was the concrete because you had to wear the the mud boots that went up oh, to your yeah. thighs. And I, and if I wasn't inside the the fucking concrete, moving it around with a shovel and a rake, like pushing it around and making it out, then I was the guy mucking the concrete to where they needed it to be, and that sucked too. Fucking yeah. hated it. I yeah. hated concrete. I did that for one summer. I was like, never doing concrete ever again, ever. Dude. I would I, roof I, construction all day long. Would love. Yeah, it. I used to. I used to do when I was young. I, uh, in coming right at college, I painted streets, painted streets and parking lots, and did like the cement bumpers on mm-hmm. the thing. You know, and yeah, same thing every day. Shirt off, in love shorts, it. boots, headband on. And, mm-hmm. You know, and it was hard work, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. it yeah, I yeah. didn't mind it, man. I didn't mind it. Just the concrete one was. I was like, I'm done. Don't even call me. <laughs> uh, I told him too after I left that summer because I had to go back to school. I told him, I said, don't call me next year. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not working. I'm not doing this job. But I told him because I told him I'd help him. It was a guy that ran his own little company. I said, I'll do it for the summer. And he said, okay. So I, I kept my word to him, man. Did it for the summer. I said, don't call me next summer. <laughs> All right. So then after, before Brendan Locke named the co-main was Rob Wilkinson. Going up against Tiago Santos, and and this is you know just goes to the effect of you're gonna hear all kinds of people talking about well Tiago is you know you know he's old now he's not no he's not that old no and it just goes to show you hey there's good fighters everywhere Rob Wilkinson's a good fighter and he won the PFL's uh, light heavyweight season you know 2022 got the million dollars and. <laughs> They didn't give him, you know, it's the same thing. I look at this and I said, they didn't give him any easy ones. And this doesn't, this is one of the things that doesn't make sense with their tournament is if you're the, if you're the guy that won it, you know, the year before, you're going to get a hard fight 
for the next one, which is going to usually mean that it's going to be a close fight. You win, we'll say you get the three points, while the guys who lost last season get the easy fight and they get six points. They don't want the same winner every year. Doesn't make sense. Okay. I don't think they want the same winner every year. They want a new fresh I understand. But I thought Rob Wilkinson fought a smart fight, tough fight. Mm -hmm. Look, this guy's good. You know, from Tasmania, you know, basically fighting out of Colorado. He's with uh, Greg Montoya there. Really, so he, he won the fight, no doubt about it. This is this goes back to what we've said, and, and we say it normally about Bellator guys, but then people are like, oh, you guys are Bellator biased. No, no, no. No, no, no. This, this guy, Wilkinson, he's good, and he's fighting a former UFC guy who was a very highly ranked and fought he for the fought title. fought for their title. You know, um, to say that, oh, well, he's old. No, he's not old. He just he, he just literally hasn't evolved his skills, which is why Wilkinson was able to just match him with whatever he did, and he's found it, found out what his game was. He was yeah. able to capitalize on all those things, and he ended up winning the fight. Got to give the guy credit where credit's due, man. Rob yeah. Wilkinson did a good job and won the fight. He beat a former top-level UFC guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's plenty of top-level fighters out there that are not in the UFC or not in Bellator or not in one. I mean, there's guys that are fighting in these fucking low-level shows that just no one no one has seen them yet. And that's the that's thing. True. You just got to find them. You got to find these diamonds in the rough. They're there. Also in the lightweight, uh, light heavyweight, we had Will Fleury, who we've seen before, going against Christoph Jotko, another guy coming out of the UFC. But he was fighting, I want to say, in middleweight mm-hmm. in the UFC with Jotko, so he kind of went up in weight. Flurry was fighting middleweight when he was with Bellator. He went up in weight. Uh-huh. It, it was a close battle. Both guys had their moments. Jocko won the wrestling exchanges when it came to takedown. Flurry tried to take him down multiple times. Really wasn't successful with it. Jocko was pretty successful in getting Flurry down, but wasn't able to do anything with him and stuff. It was a close fight. Could have gone either way. Split decision. Whichever guy won, they deserved it. Obviously, no, you saw that in PFL either. Oh baby, I'm like I'm like I'm looking. That's is that you know, the that's same the guy state. that I used to know? Because that guy yes, looks it a is. Lot I, dude, the state of Nevada. I'm like, wow. are you guys testing, or is it because yeah. oh you forgot the UFC does their testing? You just take it. Wow. Okay. Next. Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> Movlid. I hate saying that. Habilayev. Habilayev. Uh, and I I texted you before. I said, hey man, this dude's a stud. You know, we talk about him all the time is. on this show. He is. He is a stud. The guy can fight, man. He's good everywhere. But did not have a great performance yeah. against <clears throat> Kudo. Kudo's good. Good defense. He slowed the fight down. Habalayev basically, you know, just, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm winning this way and I'm just going to continue with it. So yeah. it wasn't exciting, but he definitely deserved, you know, 30-27 score is what he got. It's what he deserved. So, yeah. but... It'll be interesting when he moves up and, you know, his his wrestling is so good. But he's he's good everywhere, and he doesn't mind being on his back. He doesn't mind being on the ground. He he's, knows he's going to work his way through that stuff. So going against someone like a Brendan Lochnane and stuff, you know, his striking is good. He can match him, you know, maybe not quite as good as Lochnane there, but his wrestling is better. So it's going to be interesting. We'll see. I mean, I Bubba Jenkins. Yep. We've seen him fight Chris Wade before. They put him in a rematch against Chris Wade, and we had the same thing happen. It was a decision, but I'm just going to say it. This was very much. No, I thought I thought Wade beat Joey him last Davis. time. No, last time Click Bubba, on it. Bubba Bubba beat him. I think Wade beat him. This might have been. A, it might have be a three. Maybe this is the third. It might be a three. 
He beat Bubba. He got lost to Bubba. Oh, he, yeah, he lost to him. And he beat him in 25. Ah, so he beat him and lost. Yeah, so he beat him. No, he lost. That was just this. this no, this. Yeah. Yeah. But then he beat he beat Bubba a while back. In yep. August 27th. You're right. August, yeah. So this yeah. was the one that he wanted to get back. Because Bubba, they, they had talked about it. Bubba wanted to get that win back, and he doesn't like him. <laughs> it's like even well, he's like even if when we get done with this fight he's like I wouldn't even be his friend he's like I just I'm just not like this he's like I don't have I have no desire to be your friend I'm like oh wow wow okay okay well I mean, thank you very much too I guess we won't be hanging out anytime soon jeez well okay so Bubba Jenkins then has now matched it they both have one apiece maybe we'll get a trilogy fight I think we will two. they'll probably end up closer to the finals with each other we'll see um, Martin Hamlet came out very nice face crank on the submission against i can't even say it fakradin just say mohammed mohammed <laughs> fakradin uh it, but this is where i'm talking about this is what doesn't make sense you know fakradin landed one good shot in that you know he, he landed a right hand that was really nice but again i've got you know wilkinson taking on tiago santos and i got hamlet taking on fakradin there's a little bit of a difference in competition there. <laughs> and now I have Wilkinson behind Hamlet based upon their point thing. And you just look and you go, you're right. They don't want it to be nope. that thing. You know, they don't want the same guy. Joshua Silveira, Conan Silveira's son. Got a lot. Of, he's got a lot of talent. The kid can fight. I really enjoy watching Joshua. Uh, came out, put a fast rear naked choke on Sam Kai. Did what he was supposed to do. Got his six points. Got out of there. Very nice job. His dad was at Bellator on Friday. And, and, and in Vegas on Saturday. On Saturday. Yep. Yep. Good but for him. You what, know what? That's what I love about Marcus. John, He's let's there make, for his people. Let's, yeah. gi let's give a lot of love to these coaches oh, that yeah. put this effort out, man. People don't realize these aren't, these aren't my kids. Like, why am I going to all these events? Well, this one is. No, I get it. <laughs> This one is. This is true, by the way. I didn't yeah. even didn't even think about that when I said that. Yeah. <laughs> but majority of the thing, almost ninety nine percent of the time, it ain't their kid, and so no, they're they putting care. this effort, and they're actually taking time away from their own kids and their own wife That's and their fair. own family, you know, to go and so coach. It's a lot of time. time. And everyone's it's like, "Oh, they're getting paid." I'm like, "Yeah, you don't think you realize they're they're not yeah. getting paid enough to really miss this amount of time. They do it because they love it. They do it because there's a connection there with the athletes. It's a lot of time. They're not making fucking." Bill Belichick money, you know, or yeah, no. they're, they're, they're not making this money that these coaches in these other leagues are making. And yep. so it's pretty fantastic to see the the amount of effort that these, a lot of these coaches put in Eric Nixick, you know, Bob Cook, you know, you've got Henry Hooft. You've got, these guys are putting in some major Greg Jackson, hours. Greg Jackson, Mike Brown, absolutely. Mike Brown, absolutely. Mike Brown, Mike Brown's fucking super busy everywhere, yep. everywhere. Yep. So, and when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go to the top level guys. Uh, look at American top team in Kill Cliff. Henry Hoof and Mike Brown, they're gone everywhere, every weekend. Sometimes one night on Friday night, next night on Saturday. And shit, some shitty ass show probably for their up and comer that has a right. star potential on Sunday afternoon in a bar. Yep. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So got to give a lot of love to these coaches that are putting in the effort to help help build these young guys' careers. And women's young women's careers also. Uh, anybody else on this card you want to talk about? No, I think we're good. Okay. All right, Dave, what do you got for us from news, man? I sent you over some news, but what else you got? Yeah. Did you send me something? I thought I did, man. Uh, Dave doesn't I don't, I don't recall, but... Don't, I think don't, we have don't believe enough, him, Dave. 
we have big enough news anyway. Bellator's June card is looking like it's gonna mm-hmm. be up there as far as being able to compete with any other card you could look at right now. This card is gonna be unbelievable. This is the Friday, June sixteenth in Chicago at the Wind Trust Arena. This is look at Vadim against Yoel. Yoel's one of those guys ageless, just made out of a different material than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. The guy is just unbelievable. Then you've got basically the Bellator GOAT, the guy who has won a featherweight title multiple times, has won the lightweight title. Now he's going to go down and try to win his third different title in Bellator, taking on Sergio Pettis. We just saw Anthony and what he did. Sergio was right there with him. Sergio's coming off an injury. That's the only thing that has you know a little bit of question mark around it. But Sergio, with his speed and his footwork, not going to be an easy person for uh, Patricio to find. So... That's a great fight, and like you, there's other ones that are already being put onto this. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Phil Davis taking on Corey Anderson. That's another fight that's, that's a on damn this good fight. That's a great matchup, and then you're probably going to get the big man in Daniel James. I don't know who he's going to be fighting, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they'll make it somebody good, and uh, we'll see. But that it should be just a fantastic yeah if you live in that chicago area or you plan on trying to get to that event i would buy your tickets now because they're pretty much sold out they're getting close to being sold out i believe you know they were at like seven thousand or eight thousand sold on friday night friday afternoon and that that arena because of the stage and everything that they do for the bellator walkout i think it holds nine thousand eight hundred so if they get rid of that stage and walk out you'll probably get another uh two thousand i think or twenty two hundred i think is what i heard out of it something like that i think it's closer to two Really? That's yeah, lot. I think it is. It is because it blocks off because you can't. Yeah, the screens and yeah, everything. the screens block off this way too. Plus, they have this the things that hang down, the screens that are on the side for viewership. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I, I just want to give Patricio the love that he deserves. This is very, very difficult. And everyone that is, you guys, you guys saw already with someone like TJ Dillashaw. Who was Bingo. dominating his weight class, dominating his weight class, then comes in and tries to go to 20. huge difference. And that 10 pounds, cutting that weight down and dealing with someone who is fast, someone who is explosive, someone that can get it done. Now, for me, if there was going to be a fighter that he was going to do it against, this is the fighter to do it. Pettis is not trying to take him down. No. They're going to stand and trade. So yes. Comes down to his Pettis' speed and the way he mixes it up on the feet going to be enough to withstand his power, uh, Patricio's yeah. power. and That's the question. But Patricio can take his ass down. Patricio can wrestle. Yeah, but he's he's not going to. But I don't think he is. And that's this is going to be volume versus power. Yeah. Which which one gets it done? I just I look at Patricio and the way he gets in and gets out, he slightly misses right outside of the range. And gets in. Now, the kicks will be a factor, I think, a little bit. But Patricio, Patricio kicks really well. He checks really well. But it's going to be the power, man. The power, I think... I'm, I'm going to lean towards Patricio because I can never go against somebody who has the... The, 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 the background. The, the background, yeah. the show, yeah. what they've done. I mean, like... I don't know. I mean, I went against Kamar Usman so many times. And then when I didn't go against him, he freaking lost. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just Just bad when I jump on board. Yeah. You know, so uh, this should be a good fight. And as for Yoel, I said this with Yoel Romero and Nemkov, Yoel Romero, I think not having to kill himself to get to 85 really makes a big difference 
because you up. look at him now, he looks so full. Like his body looks full. His legs, everything. He was already ripped and shredded before, but now he's filled out and like still lean. That's what's crazy. Is he like his fight with Phil Davis? He looks soft a little bit for the first time in his life. He looked a little soft, like around the mace, the, the midsection. But then when he fought Alice Polizzi, you could see the veins back into his chest and his shoulders, down his legs. You're like, oh, okay. Somebody oh. put the weight on. He's lifting again. He's getting explosive. He's understanding that 205 is now his weight class and doesn't have to cut the weight. I think he's dangerous. And you saw he broke Alex Polizzi's jaw in two places. It was, oh, yeah. That was yeah. a fight that where he was playing with his food. Yes. You know, I felt almost, I felt really bad for Alex in that fight because he took some fucking shots, man. Some damage <sighs> in that fight. But this should be a good fight, man. This, that fight kind of scares me. If I'm them, if I'm them cop, that's a dangerous fight. I, I look at this with Yoel. First off, going up, it helps your speed mm-hmm. at 205. Who's stronger than him at 205? Maybe number. I mean, I don't know if he is. I can't say nope. if Nemkov is. No one's stronger. He may be as strong. No one's stronger. Wow. The dude's a fucking beast. I just I look at it this way, though, too. Like, I know Phil Davis can wrestle, but Phil Davis was able to take him down and control him from the top position. I'm not saying Nemkov should be out there, you know, trying to shoot on him. But I'm well, saying at times you, I think he needs to. I think he. I don't know about shooting on him. I think maybe in the clinch, trying to like he, he needs to make him have to yeah, at least make him work wrestle slow him work down. and deal with it. Exactly. Make that age. Make make him feel that age again. Like getting That's in the right. clinch, making his arms heavy, making him all yep. those things. So make him worse. Work past the comfort zone because there's one thing about Yoel that we know he likes to be comfortable in the fight, mm-hmm. and the slower the pace is, he'll just go along with it. Yeah, he, he's okay with that. Yeah. He doesn't like when the pace starts to get real fast. All right, next. Like I said, we had Corey Anderson versus Phil Davis also on the Chicago card, Mm -hmm. and that's what he's just put up. So we already talked about that. All right, I I did post something to the news, John. uh, Not John, but Dave. And we we have to talk about this. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it, John, but it's... it's Conor uh, McGregor's going to heavyweight. No, it has not. Oh, it's... um, (laughs) I've got it here. I've got it here. Um, And it's... John Lee John saw it. The, in, the endeavorness. Yes. Okay. So what? let me just pull this Endeavor. up for you guys, so you can. Oh, endeavor. So you can at least yeah. see the. Um, it's it's sending right now to the. They own something called the UFC. Yeah. And well, guess what else they own? And as of tomorrow. Bellator. Oh no. <laughs> they own the WWE. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! Wow. Do you know what the okay? Six billion dollars. Is it that what that what? Because we were talking, we were just talking about it the other they day. Were, they were saying six point eight billion is what it was. They were saying it was at. worth close to eight billion. I was like, man, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. Well, WrestleMania this weekend is um, supposedly the highest grossing ever in the company's history. So, is that yeah. because it's two shows? Well, it's been two shows for the last three, four years. So yeah, it's been a while. Okay, see that. Been... I'm sorry that shows you how many times I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to WrestleMania next year. We're gonna go, huh? dude. If if I went to a WrestleMania, they would throw me out. Well, now they would sit because Endeavor owns that? it. <laughs> well, now because <laughs> Endeavor owns now. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, well, I, I'm, I'm trying to look at this in, in a couple different ways. I, I'm looking at it like this. This is Dana's attempt to get Ronda Rousey back. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think so. I don't uh, think so either. I'm just joking. I, I'm just I'm wondering if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Only because now you're really splitting your funds 
both ways. And I know it's very profitable. I know both of them are very profitable. Yeah, I don't think they're split. I anything. agree with you. But then, like, is he staying on? Is Vince McMahon That's staying well, on? What? Okay. Now is, now, he, now, is he controversial? Is yes. Well, you okay, know, Vince, you know, Vince already, you know, Vince already left recently, like a few months yeah, ago because of like then he's schedule. back. But now he's yeah, back. he's back, but he's not totally back. Okay, so Dave would have more on this, but I mean, I'm looking at it in a couple different ways. Is Vince going to stay on and still be like a Dana? Then I I see success right away. Yeah. Um, if Vince now all of a sudden departs. I see things kind of not really falling apart. Obviously, it's too big to really fall apart, to be honest. It's the only show in town. But I don't see things hand, being ran as smoothly. Someone had said, this This means Ariel's out of another job. Um, but it was... <laughs> I, I just... I, 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 I want to know if it's a good thing. I mean, I think it will be because now you can do like a cross kind of promotion between... You can start seeing UFC guys in Bellator or not in Bellator in uh UFC guys in the WWE. You'll start seeing okay. some maybe some WWE guys start to trickle uh, over no. a little Bullshit. bit. Bullshit. Who? John, I don't Who? know. I don't know. Look, well, you know Logan Paul's there, right? You know Logan Paul's there. Yeah, Logan Paul's there. Okay. Okay. So like you said who? Well, there's one. You know KSI was there. You know, maybe Jake is going to fight yeah. in the UFC. I, I don't know. I don't. I've only seen him do boxing. I don't know if he's maybe he wrestled exactly. in high school. Who knows? Never wrestled in his life. John, we don't know. Come that. on. We, yeah. well, you know, and the Go other ahead. thing as well is uh, Logan supposedly was close to boxing Nate. Um, the few days ago that was discussed, Nate was supposedly in talks with WWE at one point. The crossover mm -hmm. is these crossovers are happening. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I, I think they're more they're gonna look, look Dave, just because you're all giddy and, no. and all just sunshine and fucking roses inside right now because oh, oh my John, god, John, Dave's got a point though. There is the crossover, and I think that that will help. I don't so think you have that much. You can get a crossover by anybody in the UFC going in that direction. Yes, you can do that. You can't just cross over going the other way. It doesn't work that way. But John, we already have it. We have Bobby Lashley who did it. We have uh, okay. Jake Bobby Hager. Lashley, Jake Brock, Hager. Hold, hold on. Well, he's not with. He's no, not I get with, it, uh, but I'm saying that, that the crossover MMA. has happened from wrestler to, no, to MMA. But hold on. Okay, all right, stop. I'm not saying it doesn't, but it happens when you have someone like a Brock Lesnar, NC2A wrestler, a Kurt Angle, Olympic, but even though he never did go to MMA, but could have, a Jake Hager, NC2A wrestler, a Bobby Lashley, an NAIA wrestler. Yes, you can get those guys, but they're limited. Most of those guys, yeah. look, let's be honest, they're stuntmen, and they're good stuntmen, but they're not fighters, mm -hmm. and so they don't. They wouldn't even want to. No, I, I don't blame them. You say they don't want to, but I'm saying that there's potential of them doing a big fight in another in the in the UFC for a lot of money. And Endeavor might be willing to pay for the circus show like how Pride did back in the day. I'm just saying, like, hey, you could take that wrestler and take him over for one fight like how Pride used to. And they can make a ton of money on pay-per-views. I wouldn't fucking put it past them, John. I think, well, you I think you're going to start to see the wheel go backwards a tiny bit. I think so. Well, there's, there's a bigger money play at there. hand here. There's a bigger play at hand here. Endeavor's going to buy WWE. And then what they're going to do is they're going to merge both sports entirely into slap league so they can make them all fight each other <laughs> <laughs> there it is oh, dave came up with it way to go dave Jeez. i mean I'm, right. I'm i'm just trying to figure out if it's the worst thing. part is i was sitting here actually listening to him like he was yeah. gonna actually come up with something yeah. 
Yeah. You should know he's uh, a troll. He's not coming up. With, he's not coming up with hey, anything good. This was posted about five minutes ago, and this picture perfectly encapsulates this whole story. Tell me, and uh, uh, WWE and UFC are owned by the same company. Without telling me, UFC and WWE are owned by the same company. Here's a picture. Nah. <laughs> 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 uh, but see, I mean that right there. That's a match. That's a fight that could potentially happen. They would both, both come out of retirement to fight each other in MMA. They're both and old. Both organizations. Both can wrestle, and they can do it in both organizations. Kane and Brock did it. And I could see Kane making a comeback for wrestling. I'm just saying. it's it's The potential is there Holy, for these type Kane of things. Kane making a comeback in the, in, into in the, the WWE. Yes, into the WWE. Yep. Okay. But I could also see him. Because I could also the, see them. Let, let's just be honest. Him, if you're the WWE or now Endeavor, you don't want to bring Brock back to fight Kane again. Not for real. No. I mean, no. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Really? No, I don't Come think so. Come on. No, they're both too old, I think, to take shots. But DC and Brock? I don't know. We'll see. You, you have lost your fucking mind. <laughs> we'll see. All right, let's get from spending a lot of money to not spending a lot of money with this next story. Uh, this one SC contract leaked this week. So we're going from six point eight billion to thirteen hundred. Yeah, let's talk All right. about it. Jesus. All what right, do you well, guys think about this? It says thirteen hundred dollars to show win pay. Chautry, what the actual fuck? Well, let me explain to you guys what this is all about. First off. They don't really have to show all their actual money that they make. That's one. Now, maybe this is what they actually make, but I've actually seen and I've actually been around one FC's contracts when I used to work for them and fighters have talked to me about them and several fighters that I'm very close with that fight with them now and have fought with them in the past. They also get monthly stipends, whether it's 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month. Some of them are making 50 grand a month. So to say that like, hey, this person's only making 1300, they're not making 1300. They are yes, making a, they're making a third they're making a salary monthly that pays for their mortgage or pays for their rents or pays for whatever their whatever there is and then they get this paid on their fight when they actually fight. Now I don't who is this person? I don't even know who she is. Um, her name is at the top here, um, or Sorry, at I the bottom. An- right at the An- bottom. An- 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 Emil Vina. Okay. Nova. Yeah. Yep. So thir- yeah, so thirteen hundred. I I don't know if that's what she's getting paid. I don't, but my point is, I know a lot of the fighters there are getting paid on a monthly because they don't have enough shows. So if I'm a fighter and I'm going to go sign with one, you should all your managers already all know. Most top level managers know they don't have enough shows to keep your fighter busy. So they say, hey, you're going to pay me a monthly salary whether I fight or not, which is what they do, and they lock them into long contracts, like three and four year long contracts. And say, hey, we'll pay you a monthly salary whether we fight you or not. And then when it comes fight time and your fight purse is there, you're not really making anything. You're making two grand, five grand, whatever it is. That's how a lot of these guys have worked their contracts with them because they don't, they don't have an active schedule. There's, there's, very, there's what, 10, 15 shows a year at the most that they have over there. So if that's the case, then they're paying them a lot of money to be, I wouldn't say like only 10 shows a month or not a month, but 10 shows a year. So these guys are so these fighters that they want to keep on retainer or keep on a roster, they pay them a monthly salary. Now I don't know if that's the case with her. Maybe she is making thirteen hundred. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who don't she know is. Either. I don't know. But I don't want to jump on the gun. I don't want to. That's the thing is I don't want to jump the gun on this. 
and start saying, ah, you guys fucking suck. I mean, 1300 is 1300 I don't know if it's $1,300. Is it 1300 wherever they're from? I don't know. Is it, does it matter? 1300 baht? Yeah, is it 1300 baht? It could be way less. Like, if we compare it to American <laughs> money, it could be way less. Yeah. So who knows? But it says United States dollar. Right yeah, there. I'm not willing. States. I'm not willing to crucify them. Like she could be on a salary, on a monthly salary of say four grand, five grand a month, you know. And then she has she maybe she got signed, you know, I don't know, a month ago. Is this is this is this the bout agreement or is this the fight contract? It's this not is a bout agreement. agreement. Bout agreement. Right so the then top. the bout agreement is what you're getting paid for the fight, and then that she could have signed a separate contract that says what she gets paid monthly. You know, in her annual contract or whatever her contract is for her fights. So I don't want to jump the gun too fast and be like, yeah, fuck them. They're not paying anything. Well, she could be on. She could be on a different pay scale when it comes to monthly stipends. That's what it comes down to. All right. Anything else? Yeah. Last one right here. And we're going to get you guys reaction to Tim Sylvia's Mm -hmm. participating in slap fighting. Mm. Big Tim coming back for slap fighting. Now, that's not Dana's slap fighting. That's Mm. not the power slap. Mm. That is another type of slap fighting competition. But look, he's got a big reach. Hope he can slap. He can hit. But Tim kind of walked away because he had some problems. Yeah. True. A little bit of health issues. But. He's real big now. I know that. And there will there will be no weight class. So someone's going to be slapping a guy who's six foot eight and probably 310, 15 pounds. He was up like 330, 340. So <laughs> that's big, man. Uh, big. Look, I, I like Tim. Tim is a guy that um, you would have never have thought that him and I would become friends. He is a fantastic person. And I know there was moments there where I had seen like sides of him. I'm like, why are you so nice to me? But then you're kind of a dick to other guys. He was so nice to me, man. Like him and I. Even would, his own teammates would sit there and say, Tim's a dick. Bro, he was so nice to me, man. <laughs> I loved I, him. I, he was like a gentle giant. I see I see that he's guy walking guy. around the Tim's UFCs and events, and he was like, Josh, you, what are you doing later? I'm like, whatever, man. Hit me up. Meet up. We'll do this. He's like, all right. We hit each other up, and we go out. We go hang out. He was fucking fantastic, man. Great guy, hung out with him fucking almost all week. We were at a UFC event in uh, in Atlantic City. We hung out the whole week that week and really kind of became friends, man. Cool guy. And everywhere I ever saw him, man, we always made time and hung out and had lunch or, you know, caught up. But it was he's always been a fantastic person. I have nothing bad to say about him. Um, still one of the nicest guys that I've met, especially being that big and didn't have to be nice to me. He was always nice to me. Great guy. Absolutely what great do you, guy. What do you think about him doing a slap fight competition? It's up to him. Look, I'm 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 a believer that someone can do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> Who am I to stop them from doing it? If he wants to do so it, would as you, long. Would you watch that competition? I watch it because he's my friend. Yeah, he's a big. You guy. should not watch it because he's your friend because you get all freaking I do. nervous, Nelly. I do about anybody who's your friend doing anything. I know. I, know. <laughs> I got he got a little extra skin in the game because you know I do like him. He's a good guy, man. Yeah. He so. is a good guy. Uh, I just well, said, all, all I say is to Tim, Tim, if that's luck. what you're going to do, good luck to you. Yep. I think you should go back to hunting. You know, <laughs> it's got the hunting thing going on. I think that's a great thing, and I, awesome. I hope you're successful with that. He's awesome, man. Uh, I sent, I sent uh, Dave one more thing. Dave, was yes. that fight announced, yes. or was that just on his web thing? 
Um, Sign me up. So it was Topuria posted it on Instagram. Another fight, same result, finishing him in the first round. 14, 14 and 0 is coming. So Topuria has <sighs> posted it, but there's um there's no official post yet. Since June seventeenth, I mean this looks like an official UFC poster. I was on their Instagram and I did not see it. So mm. um I'm not just sure if he's I don't think he pulled it from there if somebody in the UFC no, said maybe, it to him. I mean, maybe they just told him that's who he was fighting potentially and he accepted it and so he put it out there, but yeah. So question, well, have yeah. you been, since I'm just looking at Daniel Cormier there with Brock, have you been talking to, to Cormier? Uh, about what? Well, he's using your lines every because hindsight's fifty <laughs> fifty now, according to Dan Cormier. <laughs> that son of a bitch! Oh, that guy—he did. He said that. He said that. Oh, what dude. a guy, man! He said hindsight's fifty fifty. So I know he's been listening to our show because I'm the only idiot that says that dumb line. And um, <laughs> you know, and then on top of that, like when we we started our five rounds main event show, he came out and started his three round three round three round main event show or whatever it was called. I'm like, D, why you keep stealing our shit, man? why i don't get it because it's know? easier than coming up with your own well you know here's the thing john every time we do a show a bellator event and we go it is insane to me how many people old people young people their kids come up to us which i gotta stop cursing now that i know so many damn kids watch our show <laughs> i've really gotta stop and i've dropped no, a lot you, of f-bombs you, in this you show have today. to stop i do man. i've this learned i brutal. have to stop it's this like, is brutal i i gotta i gotta stop because i realize like it's like oh yeah this dad's like hey me and my son my son's a big fan I'm like your son's 10 like he's i'm like what are you, you doing to every show you're letting him listen to our oh. show what are you doing I'm like, oh, okay, so I got to stop cursing, man. It's something, yep. and I've dropped a bunch of F-bombs here forgetting that there's kids out there that listen to us. But this Tapuria fight versus Josh Emmett, great fight. Great fight. And I, I just, the two of them are going to stand and bang. I think Tapuria will threaten some takedowns, and I think Josh will have to figure out how to stop that calf kick because Tapuria will get after the leg. And uh, it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a good fight. I think I see someone either getting knocked out or I see... I see someone just getting knocked out. I don't think this fight goes the distance. Finished. I don't think this fight goes the distance. Someone's going to get finished. Nope. Good fight, though. I'm nope. pumped for well, it. Well, the be best part is it says main event, meaning that's a five-round fight. It's not Perfect. Perfect. We'll see. So, Unless somebody yep. else made it up. But All right, before we uh, leave this arena, this MMA arena of combat, sport, talking, podcast, that's what we're talking about. Make sure you guys go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne and subscribe for free at our channel. It's free, guys. Okay, just come on down, subscribe, check out. You guys can enter your fan questions there. Go to WayneAmmerch.com, pick up some of our gear, our hoodies, our sweatshirts, shirts, hats. All those things are available now, and uh, hopefully we can get some tank tops up there before summer kicks off. The weather got a little nicer today, which is kind of nice. And uh, John, I'm going to let you take us away. This is about a two-hour-long podcast, buddy. Well, that's because we decided to do it in two parts because <laughs> your internet doesn't work. It wasn't my internet. But it's, it's all my good. computer. <laughs> My computer. Oh, it's your computer. See, old people don't so know what technology is. DOS. DOS. Josh with his DOS computer. Well, I'm surprised you but, remember that. Eh, well, oh. sometimes. So everyone out there, for all the people that did come up to Josh and I, and I during our stay in Southern California, thank you very much. We're glad you're all enjoying the show, listening. For everyone else, else out there, I hope you enjoyed this. Big breakdown on the Bellator, which we were part of. Pretty good breakdown on Gamebred Boxing. Hope to see Anthony Pettis actually back in a boxing ring. And I want to see the rematch of Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. For everyone else out there watching, thank you so much, and we will see you.